Podeskew is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Are you looking for a great collection of podcasts? Look no further than the Odd Pods Media Network. No matter your personal interests, the Odd Pods Media Network has you covered from movies, music, television, video games, pop culture, interviews, and more. We've got it all. As a member of Speaker Prime, Odd Pods Media has great content to bring you. Let's hear from some of the shows and the hosts on the network. Hello, this is Little Matt. I'm Sam. I'm Richie from the 500 Section Lounge. I am CJ, and with me as always is my hetero life mate, Rico. Hey guys, I'm Rico, and we are the hosts of Podeskew Podcast. Hey, I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okami. From the Super Media Bros Podcast. I'm Shannon. I'm Jamie. You're married with television. Hey, I'm Pantsless Aaron. This is Stevie. And I'm Augie. And we are BFYTW. I'm Dylan. I'm Kendall. And I'm Corey, hosts of From the Middle. Hey, this is Russ. This is Kyle. This is Michelle. From the Infectious Groove Podcast. Our diverse collection of hosts share news, opinions, and interesting stories in a way that will not only keep your attention, but will keep you wanting more. New content is available seven days a week from the network in places like your favorite podcast provider, YouTube, Get Vocal, and all social media outlets. You can follow Odd Pods Media Network on social media and find your new favorite podcast and friends today. Hey everyone, CJ here. We're not putting out new content because yesterday was the one year anniversary of the passing of Rico's mom, Nancy. What we decided to do was put out a special episode to honor her by combining the two bonus episodes we put out right when she passed and after her memorial. Newly included in this new trilogy is Nancy's appearance on an episode of the Princeton Cannabis Review podcast entitled Shopping at the Dispensary with Nancy Jane. The Princeton Cannabis Review podcast is created and hosted by Bibiana Princeton, and she considered Nancy to be a close friend. Please enjoy, and Rico, Steph, and I will be back in 2022 with all new Podeskew episodes. Welcome, everybody, to the Podeskew Podcast. I am CJ, and with me is my hetero life mate, Rico. Hey, guys. So, uh, I apologize in advance. This is not going to be the happiest of episodes, but... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to let same... No, no, no. I mean, look, there, there is going to be some humor 
in this, but it's more of like bittersweet, depressing, ironic humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, first things first, uh, my mom, Nancy, died. And I, I, I'm trying to be a little bit blunt about it in the sense that she wasn't, she didn't pass away. She was fucking stolen from me. And, you know, for, I've been talking about my mom for years, obviously, but I've been talking about my mom for years on Potescu and Get Vocal and, you know. Hell, I think she interrupted a few. (laughs) Yes, she's interrupted more than a a few episodes as well as a few phone calls uh, between you and me, Um, (laughs) which unfortunately is the extent of your your uh, interaction with her yeah i i don't know if you heard the new year's thing but i i mentioned that on yeah yeah no i i i caught that and i i do appreciate uh you giving the moment of silence which is oh, yeah super ironic because it's nancy <laughs> well, yeah but don't yeah i hear you so i mean i i've i've made this joke to like you know close friends and family members who really knew Nancy. I'm like, she finally shut the fuck up. (laughs) Like, it's really awful, but like, this is what it took for mom to take a moment of silence. So, all right, let's start at the beginning. Um, First off, like people have been asking how I'm doing. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm dealing, I'm sort of handling this very head on. I'm not in denial. I'm sad and uh, I'm still kind of in shock, but I'm still acknowledging it's happening. I don't want to say, you know, anything that'll trick myself. The, the exception with how I feel is uh, Maxwell. Uh, unintentionally, he, I don't blame him for this. This is just, a, you know, one of those brain fire early in the morning kind of situations. He called me from mom's cell phone. Yeah. So, and for like a split second, everything was back to normal. And then I thought about it and I was like, motherfucker. Pun intended. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I, I answered the phone and I was just like, hello? Because, you know, I've been very adamant. I don't believe in afterlife, but for like one second, I was three. And like, I thought I was going to get my mom back for like a second. It, it, I don't know why. And I, I'm not trying to, to lighten, you know, or, or lessen what you're dealing with, obviously. But I'm suddenly taking it a moment when, um, oh, Christ, I can't remember which one of the movies it is. But Jay hears a voice and he looks up and he's like, Lord. And it's not, uh, it's like, it's, it's dogma. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. So. No, 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 no. You're. I'm wrong. It's no, it's too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. When. Oh, when. Um. What's her face is on the roof. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. When Becky's like, "Hey, hey, assholes," or whatever the, "Hey, morons," or whatever the fuck. She, then they're like, "Lord." <laughs> it is kind of like that in in a in retrospect, but it's. So okay, at the beginning, um, I spent. Christmas Eve with Nancy and Maxwell and um, a couple of her friends with Stephanie and we had a great dinner and uh, my mom called me that day 
she was like, any chance you want to come here early? And I'm like, I mean, I guess I can. She's like, because I would really appreciate it. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. So we, I, that was like at one o'clock. So I'm like thinking, okay, early means like four, right? Mm. Because dinner is presumably like 637. So I call her again, like maybe an hour later and I'm upstairs and dad had offered to give me, to give her uh, a bunch of apples and persimmons and pomegranates from the land. Mm. <clears throat> and so I called mom. I was like, Hey mom, uh, do you want any of these apples and pomegranates and all that shit from dad? And she's like, I don't give a fuck. I think you're on your way. I'm like, Jesus. Okay. She's like, if you want to come earlier than what we discussed about, I really appreciate it. I'm like, holy shit. What the fuck? So I grabbed a bunch of stuff. We got, we got there as soon as we walked in. Mom said, hi, nice to see you. Merry Christmas. Get your ass in the kitchen right now. <laughs> and she put my ass to work, dude. Like, I, I had to, you know, do all the mashed potatoes, and I, I was her, you know, kitchen bitch boy. Her her bitchin'. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and that's, that's the one of the last things I've done with my mom was, you know, because I've been cooking here and experimenting and getting better at cooking. She was like, all right, let's go to, we're going to put your fucking exper- expertise to the test, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you get in there, you make mashed potatoes. <laughs> um, so that's what I did. I even cut my finger. So I actually, it's fucked up. I have a scar from the last time I saw my mom. There you go. Physical and emotional. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and we had a great dinner. Mom made prime rib, and it like, and I I could only stomach one plate. It was so rich and so big, and 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 we had a lot of laughs. And and <laughs> CJ, like, this was like an ongoing argument between me and mom about the fact that she was starting a podcast. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yeah, and that that came up. Like minutes before we left, I, I and, think. I think when you first told me we were on air, and I was like, "What the fuck, Nancy?" Like I was obviously yeah. joking. I wasn't that upset about it, but it's like, no, I was kind of. I know well, you had a right to be. I don't. <laughs> well, I mean, I was like making cracks of it. You know, it was just good fodder to give mm-hmm. her shit. You know, every son's supposed to kind of do that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so, but I was like, I mean, her friends were around, so it's another audience for me, and I'm just <laughs> like, mom, like. Not for fucking nothing, but like you should have named it Pot Askew, right. so you could fucking give me some money. <laughs> and you know, a lot, a lot of laughter about that. And then here's the fucked up thing: she never listened to Pot Askew. The I bitch know. won the argument. Yeah, like she won. Like I, I can't like. <laughs> she like ended that conversation, and I there's nothing I can do about it. Look, we've had some um, people go to some extremes to not listen to the show, but dying's a little far, I think. I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, like, you can love or hate us, but don't die because you don't want to listen. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. And, you know, it was it was good banter. And she said this, like, she's like, well, you know, you guys talk too much. If I want to listen to you guys talk <laughs> about Marvel and cry, I'll just have a conversation with you, Rico. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and then I said, like, well, mom, how long do you think a pod? How long do you think a podcast episode is typically? It's like I don't know, thirty minutes. I'm like, well, I mean, you could just listen to thirty minutes of Pod Askew, and then I'll leave you the fuck alone. She's like, what is that? The intro? <laughs> yeah. So. so. And sometimes though, she's not. Yeah. A, she's not. <laughs> 
clearly mom had had some some wit. Do you know what that tells me? That tells me she listened. She didn't listen to the recording. She didn't listen to the thing that we put out on iTunes or wherever. She listened through no. the door. She just sat there and yeah. listened to the door when you were there. Or she would open the door and like offer me a milkshake and be like, oh, sorry. And I'm like, no, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, but I'm saying my point is that she stood outside that door more than you realized listening to us do this. So, so Christmas Eve, um, we... You know, we argued and then we we left because out here in California, there's still a 10 o'clock curfew. Well, you, in fact, you're really supposed to be shut in. You you said argued and I'm, I'm assuming you're referring to the listening to Potterskew. Yeah, you can't really. I mean, I for the audience, at least I want to stress, I think anyway, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's more of a tongue-in-cheek argument. You weren't like arguing. Yeah. It was no. It was it, it was, was teasing it, at worst. So yeah, it, yeah. it was an Abbott and Costello routine. Right, right. That, was, well, no, because when you say arguing, and if people don't know, I know your relationship with Nancy. They don't, right. you know. So <laughs> well, don't get me wrong. I argued plenty with Nancy over the sure. years. I mean, but I'm saying about that topic. <laughs> about that, yeah. Christmas Eve was was a very good last time. You know, all things considered, it sure. was, and this is when it gets like, you know, what they don't tell you when it comes to grieving a very close loved one, a mother or a father or, or a brother or, or a girlfriend is that you focus so much on the last thing mm-hmm. and the missed opportunities. So Steph forgot her, her purse that night. So mom came out the following day, and you and I were get vocally. <laughs> we're always doing I, something. <laughs> but I didn't see her. Yeah. And mom, you know, mom first called me, and I ignored the call because I was in the middle of recording with you. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, for get vocal, it's a little different. I, I could have just said, hey, I'll be right back, guys. Oh, sure. My mom's here. Sure. But if you and I were recording, you know, a normal thing, I could have been like, hey, Siege, just one minute. Yeah. And then the audience wouldn't be none the wiser. But I probably I wouldn't have known that. it at all with my editing. <laughs> right. Yeah. The audience would have not have known any of that. So I just ignored the call. Mom knocked on the door. Steph, you know, got her purse. And mom brought over, like, other things, like like toilet paper. <laughs> the last thing my mom gave me was toilet paper. Well, I mean, it is still in high demand, so. Yeah. I, ironically enough, I, I think I used that toilet paper for other leakage, leakage of the face as opposed <laughs> yeah. to leakage of my ass. Right. But. <sighs> and That's then, the last um, time I ever want you to me- mention anal leakage on this show, ever. Leakage of the asshole, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. that was it. I, I, It's so fucked up that I don't. I kind of focus on the fact that I miss my mom's call and I wasn't here to see her one last day. Yeah. And, and you know, and I, I don't, I'm not even trying to come close to turning this into anything about me. Cause it's not, this is about you. This is about Nancy. But, but like when you told me that, cause you told me that, you know, day of the day know, of, yeah. yeah. And, for what it's worth, I kicked myself for like two days over that because, 
You know, if I, I didn't have you wrapped up in this, you know, the 10 billion different things that we try to do with this show, you would have had the time. But to I do also that. have to look at it from like, would that have been as good of a final goodbye as no, opposed to Christmas Eve? Right. No, some I know. Banter, yeah. Some good food. And and I, I kind of looked at it the same way, which is why it was only for like two days that I, you know, you know. And trust me, so, that wasn't my primary concern. I just want to stress that, of too. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it, man. I, you know, trust me, I get it. Um, so Christmas Day night, I watched a couple movies and then conked out around 4.35 a.m. Typical time for you. Yeah. Right. And then I woke up to a phone call, like the worst phone call no one wants, right? Mm -hmm. And it was Maxwell freaking out. And I don't think Maxwell's going to listen to this, but you know, it 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 scared me. And I had the—I mean, he was fucking panicking, and he said, "Rico, there's something wrong with your mom. I don't know what's going on. She's unresponsive." Like Jesus, like that's. That's heavy. And that's heavy to do to call a son and say your mom is unresponsive. Right. And so he was trying to tell me where the hospital was going to be. Like, so what had happened was mom, mom woke up at 4 a.m. and made coffee, which was a frequent thing. <clears throat> and then she would like have coffee because she would like get like caffeine headaches. Or caffeine with caffeine withdrawal headaches. Sure, yeah. So she like she like apparently, and she was complaining about a headache for like three days. But we all kind of thought it was Christmas stress, yeah. you know, sure. or something. But and she wasn't like me with a migraine. She was normal, mm -hmm. but she was occasionally like, ah, I gotta hit that. I got this fucking headache, which clearly, you know added to the like that it made more sense for her to be like i need you to come out here early to help me cook because she had a headache sure and so she had this headache and she made coffee and then went back to sleep and then woke up at like 6 30 screaming and maxwell was sort of half asleep and she was screaming and she was clutching her head and then she was complaining about her heart and her head and then she her scream reached a pitch and then she stopped and she was unresponsive and it, the way Maxwell described it she was trying to gasp for breath mm. but she wasn't able to which they couldn't find a pulse so eventually the cops and the medics showed up and they tried to revive her and they couldn't find a pulse and they found a pulse and they lost the pulse and they found the pulse. It was like the worst fucking game of where's Waldo. And then they found the pulse and they said, all right, we're going to transfer. I don't understand fucking why they transferred her all the way to Oakland, which is like a 25 minute drive as opposed to, I don't know, the hospital around the corner. But that's, I, I don't think it would have made any difference. Right. But it was just a weird... Was, right, like, right. Like, hey, we're going to go to McDonald's. Well, there's one literally across the street, or you can go across town. What the fuck? Are they exactly the same? Yeah. Well, then why the fuck are you going all the way out there? Oh, I, well, I could know, actually I, argue the McDonald's thing, but that's a different... <laughs> I'm yeah. getting off. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Maxwell, you know, is, we're calling him, he's calling us. And, 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 you know, it's, I had a moment of morbid clarity. I knew it was over before right. I had gotten the hospital before I had even seen her. There's no real getting back from that. If your pulse is flip flopping like that, it's really bad. There's really no easy way of kind of coming back full, full, uh, strength at that point. Right. I mean, some things happen. Some people get through it a whole lot easier, but I just knew in my gut, like when Steph and I pulled up to the hospital, I was in the car and I just said, Steph, my mom's going to die today. And she's like, you don't know that. I'm like, I fucking know that babe. Like it's over. She's going to die today. And you know, there's always that little voice wanting to say, no, Rico, you're being stupid. Stopping some morbid. Your mom's going to make it. And no, the realist, the cynic in me was just like, nope, she's, this is going to be a really bad day. And I was right. Um, Maxwell at that point called us and he hadn't even left. And he was like, I'm trying to find all your mom's paperwork. And I said, fuck the paperwork. Get your ass out here. Forget it. We will figure it out. Like, (laughs) Who gives a shit? Right. Let's let's just be near her. So I had to like say, you got to get on the road, dude. Like we're already here waiting. We don't know what the fuck is going on. And because it's COVID, we weren't allowed in the hospital. Right. Like you got you got to wait outside. So I'm like outside at the emergency room uh, entrance, hanging with the security guards, just chain smoking. And I'm making calls. I called you. I called. uh, I had Stephanie call Michael and. Michael showed up within 15 minutes and, and he was very hungover. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't blame you. <laughs> like, no, no. He's like, no, oh, I was just hungover because of Christmas. And I'm like, again, I don't blame you. I'm glad yeah. you're here. I don't care. Um, and then Maxwell showed up and he was frantic. And I mean, there was a lot of pacing in the parking lot, chain smoking and, and just worried and not knowing what's not knowing. And then I saw an ambulance in the parking lot yonder. And I kind of ran over and I said, did you come from Pinole? And they said, no, those guys did. So I went over to them and I said, did you guys come from Pinole? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, you have my mother, Nancy. And they're like, well, we don't have her. She's inside now. And I said, okay, so can, what can you, what information can you tell me? And the guy was like, well, we did find a pulse. And he said, I want to clarify that doesn't mean she's okay. We found a very weak pulse. Right. So, okay. And then, so we're all standing outside. Michael shows up. Other people show up. My brother Joel showed up to bring coffee to everybody. And he was just like, what do I need to do? And I'm like, we need coffee. We like, we, I've gotten three hours of sleep and I'm just running on pure adrenaline and and stress. (laughs) So he brought us coffee and he was just there. And then the doctor kept coming out and saying, it's not looking good, but we're, We've got her on a breathing machine. You know, we're going to keep her as comfortable as possible. But then they kept throwing the fucking words DNR at me, which easily are my least favorite letters right now. The irony is that I got a D and an R in my fucking name and an N in her fucking name. Yeah. Well, but I mean, if those were her wishes, Ben, you know, like... those are her wishes. I mean, for years she told everybody, don't let me, don't leave me on a machine. I don't want to be alive on a machine. Yeah, I mean, 
as as you being you, the the other side of the fence, the other side of the coin, whatever you want to call it, it's not you're you're like, well, fuck her wishes. That's the thought, and I get it. You know what I mean. But at the end of the day, you have to respect. That's what she wanted. You know. So I I knew what she wanted, and I and it, the thought really didn't occur to me to keep her alive for you know for my own selfishness. It was just okay. Let her go. Let her go. If she's if she's not feeling pain, then what's the difference? The only people that are going to have pain is us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So I, I, you know, I didn't have to pull a plug or anything. I just confirmed, yes, to, you know, if her heart stops, then, you know, activate the DNR, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Deactivate my mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the doctor came back and he says, okay, so she... She has passed. We did not, you know, administer the D we did administer the DNR. We we didn't, you know, we unplugged her. Blah blah blah. And she has now passed. Maxwell fucking practically collapsed. Like he was having a severe anxiety attack where it it was it was fucked up for him, but it was good for me and Steph because it was something to focus on. Right. You right. Know, yeah. Like, dude. You need to breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. You need to look at me. It's sad, but you cannot lose it because I can't have you wind up in here too. Yeah. He was minutes away from that happening. Like he was in a, they put him in a wheelchair and pulled him inside for him to have a moment alone and collect himself. His parents, you know, because he's on the phone with his parents and his parents are, you know, 80 years old, whatever. And they're on the phone with me and they want to, you know, say, Hey, we're, we're so sorry what's what's happening, but can you do something for Mike? He's freaking out, and we're really worried about him. And I don't I think you've ever said like, his first name before. <laughs> I don't think yeah, I ever knew it, honestly. Mike, yeah, his name is yeah. Mike Maxwell, and Maxwell's his last name. So, And I just flat out kind of said, like, guys, I don't – I can't take care of your grown son. Like, I'm – Right, you're dealing just, with my I'm own shit. my mom. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, there's something I could fucking do about this. Like – you're his parents. You take care of him. Offer some console and show. I mean, I love both of them, but like, I was not in the right. No, no, no. Talk to anybody about that. So, I they asked me and Maxwell to come inside, and 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 we were brought in to look at her and. You know, a, a dead body is never like. Sometimes they look peaceful and like just like they're sleeping. Mom didn't look like that. Mom looked really bad. Mm. Her, you know, it, it was not a good death. You know, and mom had false teeth. She had, mm. she had dentures, um, and so they had taken them out. But it looked like they had done it forcefully. So like her lips were swollen and I mean, I don't, I don't need to be too graphic, but it was, she didn't look good, man. Like she looked really bad. Her skin was all fucked up, you know, from different color and just, it's just worst, worst way to say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Maxwell kept trying to push me to have a moment alone with her and I just couldn't do it. I, I took about 10 seconds and said, mommy, I love you. And I ran the fuck out. And and sometimes that's what she got to do, man. Like I, I, you told me about that privately. Like when we, you called me later or the next day when we talked, and I said that to you then. I said you have to do the way you have to handle it, and that's how you have to handle it. You know, so which is why we're here. 
Yeah. Because, you know, instinctually, I've been running on instinct and, and, and by my gut. <laughs> and whiskey. Past, <laughs> and whiskey. <laughs> with the past week and a half. And that's got me through each day. A lot of love and support has gotten me through it as well. But sure. I, you know, I'm a mixed bag because if I don't have enough people reaching out to me, I get pissed off at them. If I have too many people reaching out to me, I get pissed off. So, like, I, the, the, the rule of thumb right now is when your mom dies, you just get really pissed off. And yeah. Nothing yeah. to do with anybody else. You know, you know, the, the fucked up thing is, dude, is like I was telling Steph this. I, I, I don't have anything or buddy to blame for this. My mom no. was allergic to bee stings and she had asthma. Neither of which killed her. Right. I mean, I wish she had been stung by a bee. If she, if my mom was going to die regardless, then I could fucking say I hate bees for the rest of my life. I got to be honest, I'm not a fan anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, but like now I. I mean, except like, for the oh. fact that they keep the oxygen moving throughout the air, I'm good for that. But outside, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but. I mean, I, I I was perfectly content with never eating honeycomb cereal ever again or something, you know. <laughs> right. But I can't right. do that. Ultimately, I what happened is my mom's brain said, "Fuck it." Like, how do I blame that? How do I get angry and, yeah. and sad and 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 blame that? So, uh, when I got out of the hospital, I was you noticed the little things that don't mean anything but mean everything in that moment i was hyper aware everyone's eyes locked on me when i walked out and because i was aware everyone's looking at me all i did was shook my head and that flooded the reality of the situation yeah. like she's definitely gone and people came up and you know <laughs> did not uh do the social distance bullshit. They all just gave me a hug and I was like, I, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. And I just went and smoked a cigarette. My uncle, her brother showed up one of them. And, uh, he tried to be strong and talk and his voice just kept cracking, which made me just lose it. I kept fucking losing it. And it was just like, I have a moment of clarity and then I'm just sobbing uncontrollably. And then I'm trying to smoke a cigarette and blah, blah, blah. And then it got to the point where I told staff, I'm like, I gotta get out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be near a building where my mom is dead. I got to get out of here. So we went home and we insisted, Maxwell, you come over here. Like you are in no condition to drive home all the way to Pinole. Right. Um, and then I just got very drunk, um, which I don't drink that often. I think the the last time I was drunk was on camera before all this. So that, I, I don't drink that it. night. Actually, I think was it? Yeah, I think you were well, drinking on right. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, but I didn't get drunk. Mm-mm, I don't mm-mm. think. No. Yeah, but I got very drunk, and I it was more of like me telling, like Michael's, like, "What do you need?" I'm like, "I need alcohol. Go." Go with Stephanie, go get burgers, like for people if they show up, like just have some burgers and get me booze. And he did. And that was that was hard. Mm-hmm. Just sort of like I, I went upstairs to tell dad. I mean, dad had already known. Michael called him for me. Okay. Okay. 
But I mean, I even before we left, I went upstairs and I woke him up. I'm like, Dad, this is bad. I got to go. Mom's in the hospital. I don't know what's going on. Which. That's an awful way to wake up, too. So, Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I, you know, he he's taken it very. He's not in denial, but he's not me. He is, you know, he's lost a lot of people, you know, just his age. Sure, sure. But I think he's just more accepting and he just kind of, but I mean, it's still a surprise. He was very surprised by mom's passing. Um, he was just kind of, well, this is what happens. And I'm like, no, this is not what's supposed to fucking happen. And, you know, I, I couldn't really sit with him because he wasn't giving me the emotions that I wanted. Yeah. And I don't, for that, you know, I, I don't expect everybody to react the way I do, but it wasn't, I wanted to have a heart to heart. I wanted to have some moment with my dad and he just wasn't giving it to me. And you I don't might, blame him. It, you, you might know, still get weird. it eventually, you know. Maybe. And then, you know, as I'm drinking heavily and I, I was doing this thing where I was like, I need to force myself to grieve right now. Like, I don't want to be in shock, and I don't want to be in denial. So I put on a family home movie that I had converted from VHS to DVD. And it was, you know, it starts off with me at two years old, running through the family restaurant, trying to find my mom. Hmm. That's how it opens. Me trying to find Nancy. And she was young, and she was beautiful, and she, she was happy. She was holding me. And I'm babbling to her, and she's, like, running the restaurant and holding me in her arms. And um, I just kind of had that movie on a loop. (sighs) So, that was the day of. And then I think I fell asleep at, like, 6.30 or 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock at night, and I woke up at, like, 3 in the morning. Not drunk, not hungover, just numb. And I was by myself. Steph was already asleep. And I made a Rika's rant about the situation, just my own thoughts. Which people kind of gave me shit for. And I'm like, I don't. first off, fuck you. <laughs> They're like, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, I can't believe you give a fuck this much. I, I won't go as far as to say I can't believe you, you did it. I was surprised to see it so soon. But not in a way where I'm judging or being critical of you. It was more of just I. I that's the last thing I would thought you would have done to deal with it at that moment. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. Well, let me put let me put it this way. That was the second take. Okay. I fe- again gut instinct. I felt like I needed to do it. I felt sure. like I needed to say it out loud and be alone. And talk to an unbiased audience. You know, I mean, the reason why I did Rika's Rant to begin with was to help with anxiety and depression. Sure. This was as anxious as depressed I was going to get. And the first take was sobbing uncontrollably. And the second take, I sort of got it together. And it it was also just a way for me to kind of just explain sort of what's going on. Yeah. Without having to make another phone call or get another IM or another text message and have to explain 
to my mother's second cousin twice removed who <laughs> she happened to love dearly. Oh yeah. Mom died. You know, I, I really didn't want to go through that again yeah. and again and again, yeah. because the problem is as much of it, it's not really a problem. Mom knew everybody and mom loved most of them and every single one of them loved her. You know, thankfully Maxwell took a lot of the brunt of the phone calls and, and all that shit. But like, 99% of them were like, you have no fucking clue how much she meant to me. She would, you know, if, if she found out my, my relative died or if I was sick, she would show up unannounced, uninvited with chicken soup or chocolate, or she would clean my fucking apartment. She would just, you know, I, I, I say she was everyone's aunt Nancy, but she was my mom. Yeah. And I think the next day, the next day was not fun either, but like my cousin came and he lost his mom, um, three years ago or so. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, he's two weeks younger than me. So his mom and my mom were pregnant at the same fucking time. In fact, I was two weeks early. So I was almost supposed to be on his birthday. Hmm. So he and I had this weird fucked up kinship where we both lost our moms at a very young age. Yeah. Not young. We weren't like seven or whatever, but no, it's still pretty damn young for the norm. <laughs> and he lost, he lost his mom younger than me. Yeah. You know, because it was, you know, he lost his mom 25, 26, something like that. Hmm. And that's whose ashes we helped spread. When you and I were on doing an episode, ah. and I, I had done, we had spread her yes. ashes, and we spread my grandma's ashes. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. So that ultimately will be the next eventual final step for mom. Is the same thing. Tugboat spreading ashes. It's just so fucked that we just did that for two other people, and it's gonna be for, gonna be for mom. Yeah. So. My, I, it's, I remember looking at the doctor's name tag when he was telling me my mom died. I was super hyper-focused on that. Yeah. It was so weird. Like, I couldn't look him in the eyes. And I felt in a moment of, like, I felt sorry. I felt guilty that he had to be the bearer of bad news to me. It's so fucked up. Like, that's where my mind went. I'm like, I'm sorry you have to do this to me. It doesn't yeah. make sense, but that's where my brain went. No, it, it it makes sense, but, I mean, unfortunately for him, that's part of the job, you know? Right. So, so I mean, I'm better than I was a week ago, but I'm still pretty not happy. And a lot of it, I mean, I've gone through stages. I've gone through ex extreme, hyper-realistic grief, and then I've gone through the numbness. And then the other night I was just really fucking mad, just really, really mad. And I was mad at her. I was mad at her. I was mad at the situation, but I was mad that I didn't get ex like the closure that I required or that I craved because I've, I've been, you know, I've been very, I was upfront about this on the new, on the mother's day episode that we did. But like I had issues with my mom and she had issues that she never admitted 
You know, she was, she tried to hide certain things from me. I'm not going to go into specifics again, but because at that point, what's the point? It's, I'm never going to get that, that moment of her just acknowledging Rico. I did a lot of bad things and I'm sorry. I wish I could change it. That's all I wanted. And it hurts and it sucks that I don't get that. And and I would, I in in retrospect, I would have that be the final conversation. You know, we're all asked, you know, if you could bring someone back to have like that that clarity, that closure conversation. You know, I would do anything for one more hour with my mom. No, I wouldn't. What I would do is I would like, I would just want her to say, you know, I would just want. I, I wouldn't even need an hour. I would just need like five minutes for her to just say. I fucked up a lot. A lot of how I raised you affected the way you are, but I try to make up for it and I'm sorry, but I hope you can forgive me and I hope we can, you know, go on. I hope you don't just hold on to this grudge like you're a fucking, you know, (laughs) stereotypical Italian. And, you know, maybe I'll get over it. Maybe I won't. I have no fucking clue. I'm, I'm running on fucking alcohol and, and, gut feeling I but I miss my fucking mom I'm not gonna lie sure and the little fucking like I tried so hard to like avoid certain things like movies and shows and shit and I couldn't escape any reminder of my mother it was really just fucked up I tried watching the fucking Simpsons, not even just to laugh, just to fucking have something background because the silence was killing me. I can't be, I mean, we were, Stephanie and I were at Maxwell's house last night and I spent as little time inside as much as possible because the fucking place is eerily quiet. Mm. It's not the same house. It feels like something is very noticeably missing. Because mom was always talking. Mom was always laughing. Mom was always fucking yelling at me and Maxwell. That's <laughs> gone. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I tried watching The Simpsons, like I said, and the, you know, how, you want to know how many fucking episodes deal with like a mom of some sort? Um, Practically all of them. Well, I mean, it is a family. Yeah, but I'm not even talking about like Marge. I'm talking about like Homer's mom. Mm. I'm talking about, I think they literally, the, the season finale that's currently available on Disney Plus is a fucking episode about the dog, Santa's little helper, missing his mom having PTSD and missing his mom around Christmas. Like I remember that episode. The fucking <laughs> Simpsons predicted my mom's death for Christ's sake. Well, they predicted everything else in the world, why not? <laughs> right. Thanks a lot, Matt Groening and fucking Sam Simon, you sons of bitches. <laughs> what are you trying to say? That I'm a dog, motherfucker? So, but that's not the that's not the weirdest thing that happened. I have, I, I, I alluded to this when I talked to you privately the other night, but this is going to get fucking weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So the night before, when I was up late watching movies, I happened to watch a movie called The Family Stone. Never had seen it, never heard of it. And it's like an ensemble Christmas holiday fucking movie. Big fucking cast. And the premise is there's this big family that's getting together during the holidays, and the oldest son is bringing his new girlfriend, or his girlfriend that he hasn't introduced in the family yet before, and played by Sarah Jessica Parker. And, of course, she's just so different from the family. She's, you know, kind of conservative and very socially awkward and blah, blah, blah. And she's Sarah Jessica Parker and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And awkward fucking hijinks ensue. She makes an awkward conversation about gay people and interracial marriages. And just, of course, one of the fucking sons happens to be gay and in an interrelation interracial fucking relationship and he also happens to be deaf and they're just like you know what what the fuck is this movie right right so spoiler i mean i don't give a fuck about spoiling it because no one should see this movie it's just (laughs) not good (laughs) but diane keaton plays the matriarch of the family okay diane keaton throughout the film we are we realize has a form of illness she has a cancer or, so, or something right right right. they don't specifically say what she has but that she's sick and then the movie ends and it flashes forward uh, a year later the following christmas and she has died that was the last movie i saw before getting the phone call two or three hours later from my mo- from maxwell about my mom dying around christmas mm. now that in, a, in itself is kind of fucking whoa. So get this. A zillion years ago, when mom got me a gift, and it was uh, like a reel of film, like real fucking projector film. Real to real, yeah. And it was a trailer. And I had never looked at it because I don't have a projector. And I put it away. It was just sort of like, cool, mom, you got me something that you got it fucking whatever. So we're, we're at Maxwell's like a, less than a week ago and we're unpacking some shit and dealing with it and trying to move some stuff around. Some of it, my stuff, you know, help unpack some stuff. And we find this fucking film reel and I look at it and labeled on it is the family stone. <laughs> the trailer for the family stone mom gave me this fucking thing so this must have been after 2005 or 6 or something okay i've had this movie trailer for like at least five years i watched that movie mom fucking dies the story is similar to my situation in a roundabout way and i promptly threw this fucking thing in the trash and i really? said i never want yeah yep i was like i don't want to be I don't want this. I don't fuck one. It's just a fucking trailer. Well, yeah. Because if I'm not planning on ever watching the fucking movie ever again, what the fuck am I going to do with the trailer? Okay. Yeah. So that's weird. And like, I kind of was like, no fucking way. And stuff's like, what? I'm like, look, you want to know what this trailer is for? She's like, what? I'm like, the family's telling She's like, what the fucking fuck? I can see that. Yeah. It was it was weird. It was really weird. 
Um, there's movies that I just can't really watch right now. I the night of uh, after coming home from the hospital, I tried to watch the movie Love Actually because that's my mom's favorite fucking movie. I had to. I mean, I've said it before on here. I had to watch that movie so many goddamn times. I think I even said it when we were talking about like Christmas movies, like five episodes past or whatever. I know. I think like, it was, I had. Well, yeah, you might have brought it up then too, but you certainly brought it up the first Christmas we did together. <laughs> And the first Valentine's Day that we did together. (laughs) Because mom fucking made me watch that movie minimum three times a year. Birthdays, Christmases, Valentine's Day, Mother's Days. Like, I had to watch, I I fucking know that movie. Her fucking personalized ringtone I had for her when she called me was, I feel it in my fingers. Like, it was the fucking (laughs) clip song where Bill Nye is singing throughout the fucking movie. And so the night of, I tried to watch that very drunk, and I couldn't do it because the movie starts with that, with that yeah. fucking song. And and not to mention Lee, uh, Liam uh, Neeson, yep. is fucking grieving his wife. Yep, and her son is grieving about that too. Like I couldn't, I life imitating art, art imitating life, whatever. I couldn't get through it. I stopped it. And I even, the irony is I don't even fucking own that movie. I paid it for it like on Amazon. Mm. And and they're like, I got like an email. Like, how did you, did you, how did you like your purchase of love? Actually, I'm like, I fucking hate it. Thanks a lot, Amazon. Well, that's not, (laughs) it's not Amazon's fault. No, it's not. I mean, no, I I mean, I didn't write Jeff Bezos a fucking email. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If we're gonna write Jeff Bezos an email, it has nothing to do with Love Actually. (laughs) No, it's more like, hey, can you get that merchandise that is Potaskew off of Amazon because it's not going to us? So yes, uh, I am using the dead mother card. If you guys are listening and you are you want to (laughs) buy merchandise of Potaskew, don't get it on Amazon until we say yes. That's our shit now. Yeah, and 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 there's a problem with the T public. There's a problem with the T public site, but I'm working on it. So, okay, why? Well, all right. Don't don't buy anything until we tell you to. Yeah. Well, no, you can buy it. It's just harder to find. It's if you go to T public and you find it, buy it. But it's just harder to find. So, so it's it's not. This has not been fun. And I, you know, people have been doing the same thing. They're like, "How are you doing?" And they realize what they just asked me, and they're like, "I'm so sorry, I asked that." How do you feel? And I say, I feel like I, I told a couple of people, I'm like, this is exactly what I would wish upon my worst enemy because this fucking hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the fucking little things, man. Like, you know how insane it is for me that my favorite singer is Frank Sinatra and he has a song called Nancy with the laughing face. Yep. That's thanks a lot, Frank. The <laughs> fuck? <laughs> you just had to have a daughter named Nancy. And the title, I mean, 99% of the song works perfectly for mom. There's one exception. There's a part and it says like, um, 
sorry for you, she has no sister, which mom was number four out of five. There were, she had two sisters and two brothers. Mm. Hats. Well, they're all still alive. You know, so, I mean, Michael took me out drinking. We were social distancing and all that, but like we went up to a bar that we know and, and they let us in privately and it was just, just me and, and, and him and a couple other people. I'm not specifying names and anything. I, I know uh, one of the other ones, but we'll leave it there. Right. Yeah. But um, they they have a jukebox and they said, Rico, the jukebox is yours. And I said, I need to put on the worst song right now to get through it. So I put on Nancy the Laughing Face and the fucked up thing was like, I, I'm trying to pick other songs to, you know, have like a, a cue. So it's playing and I'm sobbing uncontrollably and I'm trying to pick out like come fly with me and fucking other shit that has nothing to do with my mom. And I was like, I didn't plan this one out. And then like I sit back down and Michael's like, you are just a fucking masochist, aren't you? <laughs> like kind of. I was like, I just need to put on the worst song first. And then I, at that point I was drunk and grieving and not thinking straight. I put on her favorite song by without realizing it. Mm. Her favorite song is What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. Ah, oh, such and a I, good song, though. So I had that be the end of it. And then I... But I didn't realize. I was just picking kind of random songs. You know, because they say, oh, here's a suggestion. I'm like, all right, fuck it. Louis Armstrong, cool, whatever. And then, I, you know, when that song came up, and I'm like, oh, God, it's her favorite song. And Michael's like, you put it on. Like, this is not on random. It's not Shaun of the Dead where it's just on random. You pick this. And I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, but look, th- th- I've crawled out of a slight hole. Like, I'm still kind of like, not great. And I've gotten my drinking more or less under control. I, I, I don't, I don't expect, and I would never expect myself to become an alcoholic or, or to have too much of a binge for this. I think I'm entitled to week. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. Listen, I, I I've been wanting to kind of just sit back and let you, you know, I've I've thrown my you know comments here now, but I've been trying to let you just have your your moment here as and and because you deserve it. But um, I I've I've been down a similar road, you know. It it wasn't it wasn't my mom, and I'm not gonna pretend that that makes it equal because it doesn't, but. I, there's a, but I have lost my dad. You know this. You know before we met. Um, it's a slightly different thing because he was sick, so we saw it coming. And you, you can. You, there's a huge difference between sudden and being able to prepare. You know, yeah. it doesn't mean it sucks any less. But you no, can, of course not. You can at least because what you're dealing with and what I dealt with with my sudden laws is you're you're dealing with grieving and the shock. It's, it's it's a double whammy, right? Because you have to deal with the shock of, okay, this has happened, and then the grieving on top of it. And it's it's really hard. I, I found it really hard. And I was, I mean, I was younger than you, but I wasn't too much younger than you. So I, you know. And and that's why I, I don't refer to it as she passed away. Because yeah. your dad passed away. Right. You know, mom was, mom died. Yeah. Like, you said that. You know, the, the, the words are very important to acknowledge. Right. 
you know it, it but i'm I, I i'm not trying to take away anything from your dad i mean it, well that's that's not even where i was going though my, my, my point for all of that was that like some of these things you're talking about like the sinatra song and yeah. love actually and you know some of these other things right now that aren't sitting well from my experience at least eventually come around the other side do you know what i mean where where you're not wanting them all around all the time but when you when you hear them or you see them or whatever it doesn't it still to a degree makes you sad but it also triggers those happy memories that you remember you know yeah. so Hopefully that'll look, do that for you. Eventually, <laughs> I'm gonna have to fucking watch Love Actually sure. next year. Like that's gonna have to be at least part of a Christmas tradition. It's, and yeah. that's the other bitch of it is that because of the curfew, Steph and I had to leave early Christmas Eve. Yeah, we were supposed to watch Love Actually, but we didn't. So I, I think in part that was also why I was trying to rewatch it. You know, the day of or the night of. Because I'm like, I owe it to my mom. And I'm like, I don't know shit to my mom. You know? Well. It, it was, oh, it was owes just, a strong I, word, but it's it's something you wanted to do. You know? I, so. I, wanted, I wanted to, again, I want, maybe I'm being a masochist, but I wanted to face it head on. And which leads me to, um, I did get to see her body one last time. Uh, I had to, I mean, I appreciate the coroner and the mortician. The mortician actually knew Nancy. Mm. Like he knew her for 30 years. He was like a family friend. I'd never met him as far as I well, know. He says he's seen me when I was a little kid. And I was like, well, fuck, everyone saw me. As you said earlier, she knew fucking everybody. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like, and, and she was a bartender. So like there were plenty of times where I was at the bar just sitting and eating clam chowder or, or chicken strips and people would come in and have a drink and say, Oh my God, that's your son. Hi Rico. And I'm like, what Who is this? <laughs> Who's this other person? That my mom keeps introducing like a conversation with mom was literally this. Her, she's smoking a joint right, the entire time. So do you know my friend Kelly? Sure. Mom, who the fuck? And I'm like, who the fuck is Kelly? I don't know. Who, and I'm just making it. I'm sure my mom knew a Kelly, but it's not the point. I'm right. Making, I'm a right. Fucking, and she's like, so Kelly came in the other night. I'm like, that's cool. And she's like, and she brought her, she brought in her friend Rob. You know Rob, right? Everyone knows Rob. I'm like, who the fuck is Rob? It's like, so Kelly and Rob are here. They had a couple of gin and tonics, and then you're hanging out. And then um, Richard came in. I'm like, who the fuck is Richard? She's like, you know Richard. Richard's known you forever. And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck. Who are these people? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and that was, and then she would take a puff off her joint trail off and then be like what was i saying and i'm like i don't know you're not listening either god damn like one of us has got to pay attention to this fucking stupid story mom and it was every single time and then when i'm trying to tell her a story she's like all right hurry up wrap it up Rico. <laughs> like at least i have an ending my stories have a fucking ending. Yours just trail off with the fucking new nose god. God knows. I can't even fucking say that properly. Who knows where? Uh, speaking of which, on that New Year's thing, I don't know how much of it you heard, but I actually said uh, I would send thoughts and prayers to Rico, but he doesn't believe in that shit, so we'll just send thoughts. So yeah, <laughs> I did I did catch that. that was, and And I'm not 
against people who want to say thoughts on no, prayers. No, I know that. It, it was my way but, of just, you know. But my the bitter atheist in me is like, well, if what you believe, like, if you think thoughts and prayers could help, then if, if by your logic, if there is a God, he took my mom. So fuck you. Mm. It's sort of how I look at it. It's like, who do you think did the killing? <laughs> well... I think that I think that's also a matter of perspective, and not worth getting into the discussion. <laughs> I I think when you lose your mom, your you know your perspective. Oh well, sure. Everybody. No, of course, of uh, course. No, <laughs> I mean, look again. I I appreciate everybody who reached out to me. I also, this is my advice for anybody: if 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 you know someone who is going through a really bad grieving period, wait a couple days. Because what you don't realize is that everybody is doing what yeah. you are trying to do yeah. at the same time. I got bombarded yeah. with text messages and emails and instant messages and phone calls. I mean, I didn't listen to my voicemails for a straight week. Like, I had eight voicemails from eight different people. And I just, I, I didn't, I, because they're all going to say the same thing. What happened? I'm so sorry. She was a great person. And I know all that. I know you know all that. I'm glad you know that. I'm glad you all got touched by my mother. As icky as that sounds. I was going to say, <laughs> phrasing. So. But I need a break. I need, and, I, and I did take a break. I mean, I, I, I didn't do any recording with you. And, mm -hmm. and the fact that we're doing today was sort of a surprise on you know, for you. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but that's all right. Yeah. But again, it was like, I need, I need something. I need this in some roundabout way because just to prove that, you know, I'm not broken. I'm not, not gonna, I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna be back. And I think my jokes are gonna be a little bit more forced from time to time. That'll, but that you know, That'll change you with know. time, you know. Yeah, but I don't even think I got into the specifications of what killed her. She had an aneurysm, so you know. You and I also share something else where we we lost a partner, we lost a girlfriend, we mm -hmm. lost someone that we loved in a romantic sense. Yep. You and I both share that. Thankfully, it wasn't the same woman. That would have made everything awkward. Especially considering how long ago it was for both of us, and then we, years later, did a podcast. Oh, I was still, I was still trying to get pussy back then, buddy. I promise. <laughs> but Allie, who I... We had broken up, but she still died. Mm -hmm. Died of an embolism. Mm. My mom died of an aneurysm. As far as I'm concerned, all isms can suck ism. <laughs> can suck my dickism. You know, it's 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 just. <laughs> and mom was there when I went to Allie's memorial. Mom cried. I went to more funerals with Nancy because mom knew everybody and sure. knew every person. And a lot of people die. So I went to more funerals with my mom for people I had no fucking clue who they were. But mom was, mom could have a straight face and have tears just flooding her eyes, but she could still be smiling 
about the person. Mom was a very experienced crier. So, um, I got to go to the mortuary and be alone with her. Maxwell didn't want to go because he already had his moment. Stephanie did not want to go inside because she said, I don't. She's like, I was there. I, I did that for my grandfather, and it, it changed how I looked at him forever. It changed my memory of him. And but I and I didn't want to do it. That's the point. Want is the is the wrong usage of word. And I didn't even feel like it would do me good because I knew it was going to hurt. But gut reaction, I had to do it. I didn't want to do it. I kind of had to do it. And I was alone with my mother's fucking body. And a lot of what I said for the 10 minutes or whatever I was alone with her was sad, angry, rejecting, you know, rejected. I felt like, you know, I felt like the world was against me. And, and I, and again, I had nothing and no one to blame. So what, 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 what am I supposed to say? I know she's not, I know she can't speak back. I know she can't listen. And I don't believe that she's watching over me, hearing my words. So what am I supposed to say? It was a lot of just, what the fuck, mom? What the fuck? Why, why is this a thing right now? Why did this happen? Couldn't you have just fucking broken your fucking leg like my dad? <laughs> did you have to fucking die? Which, I, I sort of said the same thing to dad. I was like, well, you know, the day of, when I'm still kind of in shock and bitter and pissed off and drunk, I said, I looked at dad and I said, why the fuck are you still alive? <laughs> Which wasn't like, why aren't you dead over my mother? It was more of like, this is some bullshit. Like, you've been chancing death in life for fucking ever. Mom gets a headache and it kills her? This is some bullshit. And he, he kind of nodded. He's like, I don't, I don't understand it either, Rico. I don't know why I'm here and she's gone. Because all of my friends and even some of my close relatives were like, look, not for nothing. We thought Ron was going to be the one to go first. Fuck, I said it to you. I remember. <laughs> yeah. And, my, and, and that in itself is another fucking bitch slap of a realization. I just lost my, I, I just lost my mom. My dad's next. I don't know when it's going to be, but it's going to be sooner rather than later. The way he's going, it's going to be 20 more years. (laughs) You bite your fucking tongue, CJ. (laughs) Because that's the other worst case scenario. I don't want to fucking be dealing with that. Yeah. I mean, I sort of, sort of, but not really jokingly told Steph. I'm like, couldn't my parents just died at the same fucking time? To get it over with. Yeah, couldn't they have yeah. just, like, decided that they were going to have an affair, and then, like, the hotel blew up, <laughs> and then everyone's really fucking sad and angry and really confused? But then I can handle the fucking grief all at once, be like, this is really fucked, but did they kill each other? Like, did, did, the, did the hotel explode because they had one last good bang? <laughs> something, something for me to find this weird, this, this morbidity. Yeah, as 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 at least ha- handle it head on and and humorously, 
But I can't, I mean, I'm trying to make jokes of it because, I mean, even um, OC called me. And I'm, you know, at that point he'd called me when I was in stage two of my grief, which was acknowledging and, and being honest. And he said, Rico, yeah, I feel like you're just being kind of on with me. He's like, I'm very surprised that it sounds like I'm talking to old Rico, like pre mom's death. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be on. I'm just, it doesn't, it, it still hurts, but I'm, I, you know, I have to be humorous about it. If I'm not making myself laugh or other people laugh about this, then it's just going to be, Hey, you want to cry with me for 10 minutes, which I, I'll, you'll never hear me say, don't, you know, don't ever hide your tears. Like, don't like you let those tears flow. They're good yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. first fucking thing that we do when we're born is cry our fucking ass off. It's our first natural instinct to do. Yeah. Humans laughing and, and, and playing is, is not the first emotion. It's not our first instinctual emotion. It's crying. But I did a lot of crying. And I'll do a lot more crying, but I did a lot of crying to the point where by the third day, my eyes were pretty much swollen shut. I couldn't, they, there was the, it hurt to move and open my eyes and blink. Mm. It hurt. But, and then I'm, you know, I'm getting really shitty drunken sleep. So, you know, I was, my whole face just felt like, like weathered down tear stained leather. And she was young. She was 59. Yeah. yeah. She didn't reach 60. And, you know, again, like I said about the little things that you kind of focus on, I am younger than she was when she had me. Mm-hmm. She was 30. I'm 29. Mm-hmm. And the realization you're going to get a lot of first things without your mom first Christmas, first birthday, so on and so forth. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for small blessings. I'm, I'm in a weird fucked up way. I'm grateful that we were all stuck inside together during COVID because we had to spend a year and a half in the same house and deal with each other. I, I'm, you'll never hear me say COVID's a good thing. You'll never hear me. No, say that. <laughs> no, of course but, not. All things considered, it forced me and my mom to live together with Stephanie and Maxwell and, you know, different emotions and different personalities, sort of the odd couple times two, you know, living with each other. And she freaked us out all the time because she would just go. She would leave. She would go do something. And we're like, what are you doing? You're supposed to stay inside. Social distance. Mom, what the fuck? And then she's like telling me, like, oh, I hung out with Larry and I hung out with Rick and I hung out with – I'm like, stop hanging out with people. You're not allowed to pee. You're not allowed to see people. Ne- neither of your parents get this COVID thing because Ron's just out being. <laughs> no, he has people come over. Dad has people come over all the time. Before we started recording today, he said, oh, yeah, so-and-so's coming over. I'm like, that sucks. Tell them to not come over. Why? Because why are people over? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm like, and, and that's the other thing. It's like people are like, was it COVID that, you know, took Nancy? And I'm like, No. That's, I, I can't, I mean, do I, in retrospect, wish COVID took her? Kind of, because then I could, like, in my own state of mind, 
look, I, I, I don't know. I don't know this whole situation because two weeks ago my mom was alive. Yeah. And I know, I know little things about how she would react to this. She would probably be overcome with like how so many people reached out. I'm sure she probably would fucking feel so bad for me and Maxwell, you know, mom uh, periodically would question whether Maxwell truly loved her. She, you know, she got a little paranoid, you know, and be like, does he love me? Why won't he marry me? Shit like that. She would probably finally fucking be, she'd probably chuckle a little bit about how distraught he was. Yeah. It's really fucked to say, but she'd be like, Oh good. He did love me. Well, now we know where your sense of humor comes from. (laughs) Well, I I said this to dad and Michael and Maxwell. I said, not for nothing. If mom knew she was going to die before Ron, she would have been fucking pissed. (laughs) Right. Right. She would have been so pissed. (laughs) Ron, this is bullshit. (laughs) And that's, that, that's the truth. This, this is bullshit. It sucks so much. You know, it, it, it's funny. I remember. I remember a recent story you told me about her. You know, not not related to this, but like pre all this, where mm-hmm. when you guys moved in to where you are now, and you were saying like you and Steph are unpacking the the vehicle that was moving your stuff, and you would ask all these people to come and help help. And, and Ron and Nancy were two of the people who were going to help. And they're just inside together, smoking a joint while you're all unpacking the truck. <laughs> uh, that's, that's almost accurate. Um, I, that's how Steph, you told me the story anyway. Maybe that's, yeah. Steph was in visiting her family. It was during, it was about Thanksgiving break. Oh, okay. And, and mom was helping me unpack. And then dad came down and mom, produced a joint and i flat out said do not light that in here and she's like okay yeah no problem and then ron came in and she's like look at my pot that i grew blah 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 blah. and then the he almost lit it and this is i I told it's funny you brought this up i taught i told this story last night to maxwell and his niece and stephanie and i was like i turned into the adult (laughs) so goddamn quickly (laughs) And I was saying the same shit that any normal parent would say, like, you do not light that joint in my house. When you pay the rent, you can smoke as much as you want, but you do not smoke your marijuana in my house. Like, and they're both like, God, what's the big deal? And I'm like, fuck you. It's not your house. And dad was like, it is my house. My like, fuck you. I pay rent. Yeah. When you want to pay rent for this unit, you can light up all you want. And I said, if you think that I can't, why, if, if I can't smoke cigarettes in my own fucking place, why on earth <laughs> do you think I will allow the fuckers who fuck to make me happen out smoke pot in my fucking unit? It's my house. You want to smoke? I don't care where you do it, but not in this house, motherfucker. I went full on stereotypical parent. To the fucking parental <laughs> units. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned the, the 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 fucking to make you happen because that's another thing I said on the New Year's thing. For those who haven't heard it, was I was like, I I I 
I forget exactly how I phrase it, but I believe I thanked her for fucking Ron when she did because if she hadn't, we didn't have a show. There's <laughs> yeah. something to that effect, you know. So yeah, thanks a lot, mom. Yeah. Um. Listen, man. I I I I I know this isn't easy. I I haven't been through it the same way, the same exact way. But I I know it's not easy, and I I I know that it's a struggle, and I felt that for you. Um. The day that the day that when you called me that morning to tell me she was in the hospital, this is before you know we definitively knew the the end. Yeah, I, 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 you called your name popped up, and I looked at the clock and quickly did the math and went fuck <laughs> before I even answered the phone. There's no good reason why Rico's calling me this early. No. And for the record, it's like 11.30 my time, but that's early for you because it's 8.30. Yeah, you're having like your second cup of coffee and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly, it's, it really was. I was on like my second cup of coffee. I was watching, I feel, forget what I was watching. I was watching nothing that was important on television. Uh, um, and uh, I think I was actually getting ready to watch Wonder Woman for the second time because we were going to be getting together like two days later to to discuss it. The, you know, the following day or something. Yeah, just just as part of the, the plan, you know, and and uh, I pick up and you tell me the whole thing, and then I went on, you know, um, and then I went on with my day because what am I gonna do from here? Right. You know, not that I don't care, but you know, what am I gonna do? So it, I'm doing. Yeah, what do yeah. You, I'm with you. I'm doing things around the house and. Um, I'm actually texting with Steph because I know that you're just not going to be paying attention to that, which makes sense. So, like, I'm not, you know, that's not a thing. It's just, like, you do it with you. Steph can kind of be the reporter and kind of keep me in the loop a little bit on what's going on. And, you know, so she was giving me updates every so often. And then, ironically, you texted me before she did to tell me the end. Within, I think I, I think all I said was she's gone. And you, you, but you literally both sent me the same sentence, same sentence, not even, not even close. I mean, it's almost like she, Steph cut and pasted off your phone and sent it to me a second later. Like it was rapid fire, bang, bang from you. And then from Stephanie, which was still kind of the irony that I just thought that was funny. The irony in that, how quickly they came in and it was basically the same sentence. And for what it's worth, man, and, and this was strictly for you. I, I just sat and wept. You know? Yeah. Because you're my friend. And you're more than my friend, Rico. We're, we're family. You said that to me the other night privately. We're family at this point. As often as we talk to each other, we're family. You know? And, and you know, I, I couldn't be there. I couldn't get out there. Even financially speaking, just this this monster bullshit that the world's dealing with. I couldn't get there, you know. Yeah. I I you know, for lack of a better phrase, prayed that Michael was there. I'm glad he was there. I prayed that Alex and Joel were there, and I'm glad they were, you know. Yeah. Um. And of course, I know you had staff, but yeah, staff's yeah. staff's been very Steph's, helpful. I'm sure. I listen. I won't get into the things that I was afraid of if Steph wasn't there. Trust me. But there are right. things I was like, oh, thank God, stuff's there. Um, right. But yeah, I, 
I felt for you, brother. I did. I, I've, I've tried. I mean, I called the next day, and maybe that wasn't the rightest, the smartest move in the world. But I, I called the next day just to check on you, and, and then I tried to give you your space. You know, so. No one has done anything. No, no, I. I, wrong. I know. I know no, you're not saying no, that. I mean, I mean, whether I answered. That has not. That's not a reflection of anybody. If, sure. if 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 anybody's listening to this and I did not return your phone call, you know, not a reflection on you, but tough shit. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Like, there's nothing really. Like, I'm, and that's what you know. Other people were saying to me, like, Rico, fuck other people. Like, it's this is if people are bent out of shape because you didn't return their call. Fuck them. It doesn't matter who they are, whether it's. CJ or Michael or your fucking uncle or whoever, or, and I'm just throwing people out there, but like, it doesn't matter right yeah. now. You, you only, you know what you want, what you need and how to do it. And everybody's different. So if someone says, Oh, when I lost my dad, I went through, fuck you and your fucking dad. No, not you. Yeah, you know, right. But like, but like, you know, it's, it's different. And, and I, you know, I, I've never experienced this. And so I, I really, I, even there, if you've experienced was... it, you know, I mean, like my, my, like, like you, Ron's like, you know, Ron's still here. Me, my mom's still here. You know, yeah. one day we're both going to have to deal with those individual things occurring, you know, and we've already been through this once and you're still not going to be prepared. I'm not going to be prepared. I know I'm not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, Steph and I were talking about how, you know, she almost lost her mom and I'm not going to yeah. go into specifics about it. You know, her mom was right. sick right? and she, she's on a second chance. She gets a second chance with her mom. And I told Steph, I'm like, you fucking take full advantage of this. Mm-hmm. Every time, every time you need to call your mom, you call your mom. Every time your mom calls you and you've got a minute, you should answer it. You know, because the bullshit that, you know, we deal with keeps us together as a family. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it, but I, Maybe I was already on my second chance with my mom because, you know, I, I had bullshit with her over the years. And then we kind of worked some shit out and then we were forced to live to, with each other. But that's also what makes me more upset is that I didn't know I was on a second chance. And what a short-lived second chance. Right. So how do I feel, CJ? I feel bitter. I feel upset. I feel cheated. I feel angry. I feel, I feel like I, you know, I, I've got Steph as a great supporter. I've got you as a great partner and a friend. Mom never listened to Potescu, but she <laughs> championed it. She yeah. was so proud of it. She fucking was so happy over that Kevin Smith fucking intro. Oh, the video? That, the the promo. little promo? Yeah. And I even tweeted at Kevin. I was like, listen, my mom died. She I took saw. She took me to see and, and she was so happy you did that for us. And then I said, go hug your mom. Go hug Grace. That's what, yeah. Yeah. And, he, I mean, he liked it. He didn't respond. I wasn't expecting anything. And the fact that he read it is nice enough. Sure. Um, but I mean, like mom wanted me to fucking be his like assistant 
I remember. Like, I, you've told that story. Saying, like, yeah. I want you to be his assistant. Like, I want you to move to L.A. and and live with Kevin. I'm like, that's not how Hollywood works, lady. <laughs> and so when I sent her the fucking promo, and, I, and at the time, it was sort of hush-hush. I was like, Mom, you and Max will get to look at this. Don't share this with anybody. Not that my mom knew how to share that with anybody. Sure. But she would be like, she was like, now you can do it. Now, now can't you can you know work for Kevin? I'm like fuck that. He's working for me. <laughs> well, not exactly. He, he he did a promo and I didn't pay him shit. <laughs> uh, I got Kevin Smith to do slave labor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, I remember. I remember. Um, and 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 uh, there's no specifics to share, Rico. But even then, if you want me to to edit this part out, I certainly will. But there were countless times when you were living with her that I would call you about one thing or another show related and you would have me on speaker and I knew I was on speaker. So it wasn't like it was some surprise that I was on speakerphone, but I would be on speakerphone primarily because we generally include Steph in all our show conversations because she tends to give us a different perspective on what we're figuring out. And every so often, <laughs> I'd hear this other voice just come out of nowhere with an idea of what we were just talking about, and it would be Nancy, and it'd be like, "Oh, hi, how you doing?" <laughs> like, so that I would be in the garage having a cigarette, and Mom would come in, and then I'd be—I mean, I would just be like, "All right, hello," and I'm that way I can like have hold my coffee in one hand, hold my cigarette in the other, and then Mom would come in, sit down, and just want to have a fucking cigarette or or whatever. And that was the thing that, like, I had no control over. Mom could just interfere in any conversation. And it, it, it would have nothing to do with her, but she just had to give her, her two cents. And and that's exactly what she did. She was just like, why don't you guys do this? And you're like, hi, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I was never upset about it. It certainly never was anything I was angry or upset about or anything. But it was just like the, the, there'd be this third voice to be like oh hi how you doing there were there, there was actually at least a couple times where you would be like like you and i were talking about like a uh like a promo strategy or like an uh an episode idea or something we'd be yeah. like we'd be like should we talk about uh you know fucking marlon brando's giant dick and or whatever or some some random thing and we're kind of debating about it and then mom would be like you know i think the world has heard enough about marlon brando's giant dick how about you got how about you guys talk about love actually and then you would be like, well, here's the thing. First off, hi, Nancy. Second of all, we haven't done Love Actually because we're going to do that for Christmas. Like, okay, I love that movie. So if you guys ever do it, I might actually listen to it for once. So yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. Um, for the record, we have no intent on ever doing an episode about Marlon Brando's giant dick. No, no, not, no. We already did one on Marlon Brando's cat. That's enough. Um yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that would have, and then it was one specific one, and I and I and I won't get into what we were talking about. But you, me, and her—this is the longest conversation I ever had with her. Was you, me, and her in the garage for like thirty minutes? The three of us. You, Nance, Steph was nowhere near. It was just the three nope. of us in the garage. I forget. Because, I don't even, because mom and I were smoking. That's why. Yeah, I don't even remember. And honestly, like I remember. I, I, I don't even fully remember what the topic was. It was important. I remember it was one of our biggest, like, we have to figure this out type things, but, like... It may it, have been Big Heads or something. 
Oh, I don't remember. But it, it the point was that like she she was in on the conversation as if you know it was Stephanie or it was her on the show, and it it I'll, I'll those are the, unfortunately those are the only memories I have, you know, and yeah. that's not meant to be a oh well poor me because believe me that's nothing compared to what you're going through, but like you know. I've it, I've got see a lot of my memories are are mixed. Sure, because like some of the most profound memories are like some of the most fucked up memories I have. Sure, I mean not fucked up, just like not happy stories. But like I can't like Toy Story Two is a I, very profound movie. I was just gonna get there. Yeah, yeah. I remember so, that story pretty distinctly for actually. The, for those who don't remember, Toy Story Two came out in like circa ninety nine or something. So I'm eight ish and we mom said okay well i'm gonna take you to see toy story 2 in theaters like you know i'm gonna go take a nap i want you to wake me up at this time which was like one o'clock or something in the afternoon and so i'm like excited as all hell i keep looking at the clock and i'm like oh i can't wait till one o'clock gets here one o'clock gets there and i don't know what i don't know what she was going through i don't know if she was hung over i don't know if she was sick i don't know if she had a late shift and was just up night you know, up late and, you know, didn't get very good sleep. I don't know. But I went to wake up Nancy and I was like, Mom, ready? We're going to see a movie. We're going to go see Toy Story 2. And Mom was like, no, you are never seeing that fucking movie. But what? what why? Like, you know exactly why. We are never seeing Toy Story 2. You so not seeing Toy Story 2. I'm like, why would I do? You know exactly what you did. And I'm like, I don't know shit right now. I don't understand. <laughs> what did I do? I, mean, I was turning into like the most stereotypical, like exaggerated impression of sugar ever. Like, what did I do? You guys are abusing me. And mom was like, you almost burnt the fucking kitchen down. I'm like, I did what to who the what? And like, she is laying into me. And I am freaking out. And like the whole, it's like, here, you get to go to Willy Wonka's factory. Oh, no, wait, you have diabetes. Like, just, here's the here's the worst thing for the best thing at the time. So I'm like, I didn't burn down a kitchen. What are you talking about? She's like, you were setting fire on the burner. Like, you know, you, you had the burner on. You kept putting newspaper on it. You were going to set the kitchen on fire. And I'm like... What are you talking about? Like, think about what you just said to me. And then she, like, got up and went in the kitchen. Like, look, I'm going to show you how fucked. Oh, wait, no, it's not. And she was like, Rico, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And, like, she just fucking, if she had a meltdown, she, like, she did the complete opposite in a nanosecond. She burst into tears, so mortified with how she spoke to me. And she's like, I had this such a bad dream, and you were burning the kitchen. I'm like, what the fuck, Mom? Mm-hmm. And, like, she took me to see Toy Story 2, and then, like, she was like, do you want some ice cream? I'm going to get you some fucking ice cream. I'm going to get you all the ice cream. <laughs> like, what else do you want? Do you want to go to Toys R Us? We're going to go to Toys R Us did all that shit, then took me to see the movie again the second time, because the first view was kind of like, this kind of sucks. This was not worth it. This was not worth this agita for this, you know, kitschy fucking Pixar film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, great, it's a good film, but god damn it. I, I remember that, and I remember 
And it's ironic because it's another one of those she woke up and and reacted, but it's it was a Halloween thing that was on Disney the on the Disney Channel that you told the story about. But yeah, yeah she she, uh, uh, she you know this time I think she was. No, you said she had the flu. I remember you said she had the flu. Well, you said she had the flu. I don't. I don't know what she had, but my suspicions were she, she was sick, brought on possibly by something else. Mm, Probably okay. just hungover. And then you know, when you're hungover, you can, you're, you're, um, you can get easily sicker sure. and more, and feel worse, even if it's just a bug. And sure enough, you know, it was around. The, it was like the 13 days of Halloween during the fucking Disney Channel or some shit, and. For the first time, Halloween Town was that was there. Yeah, that was yeah. And I'd seen trailers for it for the past couple months, and I'm like excited. Like this looks awesome, and I'm like, whatever the fuck I was, you know, eight, nine, whatever years old. I'm like, this looks cool as shit. And I didn't bother mom. Like periodically, I would check on her. Like, mom, do you want anything to eat? Like, you want some water? You want aspirin or something? She's like, no, just let me sleep. So I spent the majority of the day, you know, just watching TV all day, just cartoons. And then I was getting ready. I'm like, okay, eight o'clock, it's going to be Halloween Town. And Halloween Town is about to start. And it has a very similar opening intro, sort of, to the movie Halloween. Yes. That's, yeah. It shows like a jack o' lantern kind of with like the candle inside glowing and shit. And mom, that's, that is when mom decides to fucking wake up at eight o'clock at night. And she says, what are you watching? I'm like, I'm watching Halloween town. She's like, no, you are fucking not. Turn, take, turn, takes the, the fucking remote, changes channel. And I'm like, what, 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 why? And she's just <laughs> like, you can't watch that. It's a scary movie. And I'm like, it's not. So it's Disney. And she's like, she said, why don't we watch something on Disney Channel? I'm like, it is on Disney Channel. And she's like, what the fuck? Why is Halloween on Disney? I'm like, I don't know why you're Halloween down. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Yes, of course you can watch Halloween Town. I'm like, fuck you. This is not worth it. This is not worth it. Like, and that's 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 how I sum this whole thing up. Like, you know, all all the bad memories and everything. All the good memories. I wish I had more. This is not worth it. The life I had with my mom, I'm grateful for it. But if I knew it was going to be snatched away like this, it's not fucking worth it. It sucks beyond relief. And maybe I'll change my opinion in a week or two weeks or a year or whatever. But right now, my mom was fucking stolen. And And I can't even fucking, like, get Liam Neeson a fucking you know, break some fucking heads and get my mom back. Like, you know, see, this is, this is one of those reasons why I don't believe in, in a Supreme being because good God, I would fucking be like me and Liam would fucking go to heaven and be like, you bring my, I don't know who you are. I want my, I want Nancy back. Like, you know, like whatever I gotta do, but that's it. She's, you know, I think, fuck dude, I think tomorrow she's gonna be cremated. Like, that's the harsh reality is my mom is going to be my mom did a lot of smoking and, and always had ash land in her lap. And now her lap and the rest of her is going to turn into ash. Like, this is it's so fucked up. She was what she became what she smoked. Like, one of my friends even jokingly said, like, we should take some of your mom's ashes and like put it with some pot. And I'm like, fuck you. OK, <laughs> like, baby, 
she she would have gone she would have gone away pretty easily. You know, I don't know if it would be smooth. For for what it's worth, I think there's some serious like health implications for doing that. So I, my recommendation too is don't uh, do it. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> and there's a lot that I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't. I mean, and for those that are listening to this, we primarily did this because, while yes, I do appreciate every single person, you know, saying they are sad for me and they're sorry for me and, and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't want that to be the next focus for the next couple of weeks. So like next get vocal, I know it's going to come. I know, you know, all of our, all my friends, all of our friends and all of our fans are going to reach out and, and, and be nice. I appreciate you. I appreciate every single one of you. Let's leave it at that. If, if you want to, if you want to reach out to me privately, that's fine. But I, I you know, I, I need to get vocals and the and recording to to either confront my own emotions or how I feel or to focus on something else. But to be, I'm going to be reminded every day. I don't, I don't need anyone else to help me. But you know, I think that's that's the best I can offer. Is just let's. You needed to get back to a sense of normalcy. That's what. Yeah. Yeah. The, the long, short answer of it is, yeah. So, but I'm glad, I'm glad we did this. You know, I. It's not the way I wanted to do, but I've missed talking to you, you know? Right. All I could say as a final, you know, the, the last, the final words of this episode is. If you have a mom, call her, tell her you love her. If you don't have a mom, but you have a dad, do the same thing. If you don't have either, get a fucking cat or something <laughs> like, you know, or, or hug your loved ones because I am positive in telling you that some people just get snatched. You don't get to have a long goodbye you just get to deal with the fact that people go really quickly so love your parents i see trees of green red roses too i see them bloom for me and you And I think to myself What a wonderful world I haven't really woken up Until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal And I know this is true because before breakfast I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Well, boo-boo-bee-boo, motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. What's up, buddy? Uh, you know, I've had an interesting fucking past couple of days. Let's start with, like, the happy one. I met Brian Posehn. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. How did how how was that show? Like I, I listen, I've I've seen a little bit of his stand up and I've seen his guest spots on multiple shows. He's a pretty funny motherfucker. So tall too. He's yeah, I know. He's like dude. six I think he's like six ten or something. Like he's no huge. no no no. He's not he's six foot six, but I think he's no longer six foot six because Michael, who went with me to the show, well technically I went with him, uh stood <laughs> well, I have a photo of the two of them standing next to each other and Michael looks even taller. No shit. Yeah, but Michael is actually six foot six, so I think Brian is is uh, stunted his growth a little bit. <clears throat> uh, the show is good, man. It was um, it was out the uh, Cobb comedy uh, Cobb's comedy club. According to this, he's uh, six seven. Well, he's I'm not. Just, no, no, I'm just telling you what the thing says. But go ahead. I mean, his the the talent that exudes from him is six foot seven. Let's put it that way. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, so I don't know, like a week and a half ago, Michael invited me to go to the show and I asked Steph, if she wanted to go. So we were like, yeah, we're all going to go. And um, dude, there was, it was like a trek to get to San Francisco. It wasn't like, Oh, let's just get on BART and we're there. Uh, because all the, all the BART stations are just spread around San Francisco. Mm. So like where the comedy club is, is North beach, which is San Francisco's little Italy. And there's no barn stations there. So like literally, and I had completely forgot about the show and I looked it up and I was like, Oh fuck. It's like tomorrow. And I'm like texting Michael. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, how are we doing this? Like I was supposed to record and, and you know, and I could be done by seven and we could all meet. He's like, no, dude, like we're all like meeting at this place at like two. And I'm like, at two? He's like, yep. I'm like, okay. He's like, all right, maybe four. I'm like, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So then obviously I, you know, I had to, I needed a break anyways because I was getting ready for uh, mom's thing, which is in part what we're talking about today. The the irony uh, is you can't, the one week you cancel Rico's reads, I got like seven messages like, where the fuck is Rico? <laughs> From people who really? are like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh fuck. Where the fuck have you guys been? Like reach no, out they're, to no, me. No, no, no. They're, they're they're the people that typically show up from time to time. Like circle through. Like I think Mark sent me one. Jess sent me one. Seven's an exaggeration, but like I I got quite a few. Well, it's good to know that when I make a tweet announcing I'm postponing a thing, that y'all pay attention. Well, you know what? I think I think sometimes. And then I, I I think this even about my own personal tweets. I think tweets get lost sometimes in people's feeds or whatever. Like if you have a lot of followers, sometimes I think a tweet will never come mm. up in your feed. You know, so. Well, I apologize for postponing, but I needed some laughs. Oh no, nobody um, was upset. They were just like, "What happened?" <laughs> you know. I, I I needed some laughs, so yeah. We we uh, Stephanie and I and and Michael and his girlfriend and a couple of his buddies. We took the ferry to San Francisco, which is, I, I had never done that. So that was interesting. Was it cool? Uh, or is it like me? It was cool. It, it, it was like, I mean, I'm not a big boat guy and I, I'm kind of iffy about the water. Oh, I, it, I, I like boats. I just don't like like deep sea shit, but like going across the bay or something like that, that'd be pretty awesome. You know, it was, it was cool. Um, it, there, there's a whole new like function of how to like, buy a ticket for the ferry. You don't just go up and buy a ticket. I don't know if it was COVID or if they were just trying to like try something new or if this is how it always is. But essentially you had to like download the, like an app to huh. buy tickets 
while you're on the fucking yacht. So like we're all on the yacht, things are already moving, and we're like, is this free? Like well, I don't understand. And then the guy like came over, was like, you gotta download this app, you gotta buy your tickets, but don't activate it until you're like leaving because it has a time limit. And if like shit goes wrong, like if we're stuck or if we're delayed, then you actually lose your money. Like it was so weird how they're like basically activate your tickets on your phone as you're walking out and show it to the conductor. Okay. So that's what we did. That's that is and, a little that's a little odd. I don't know if it was a COVID thing or like, if it, I don't, do you, I don't, I don't how know. How do you ride this thing if you don't have a smartphone? Like seriously. Right? You have to like have you have to like pay cash to somebody who has a phone, I guess is essentially yeah, I, how it I don't yeah, I don't know. It's a screwy fucking way of doing it. Um, so then we uh, we went to a place and you know had a couple drinks and blah blah blah. And the fucked up thing is that it's not like Steph and I knew what the plan was. It's not like we were all Ubering to places. So we did a lot of walking. So like we would get kind of buzzed and then we would just sweat and like <laughs> heave and just like go up these fucking hills in San Francisco, which is just everywhere. Right. And then finally we got to the comedy store and uh, that was like, there was two opening acts, which I did not expect. I thought it was just going to, I suspected there would have been one. Yeah. Typically uh, the, there's one, two's a little unique. I I was, I don't know. I, but they were both very good. Um, I didn't catch their names, but the first guy who was sort of the MC of the evening looked and sounded like Jack Black, except he was actually funny. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually seen Jack Black do some stand-up. It's not terrible. It really isn't, you know? This guy fucking did a whole bit based on... Like, he, he made an opera song. Like a, a like a fucking... He did a whole opera bit, but he called it Robocopra. So okay. he did a whole... He, like, wrote lyrics in operatic, like, style and told the story of Robocop. It was, like, you know... uh Dead or alive, you are coming with me. My name's Robocop, but really, Alex Murphy. Like, shit like that. It was pretty fucking funny. Uh, we were all fucking dying. And then uh, another woman popped on. And she would be the first to say this. I'm not, like, saying anything she didn't say. But she was the most, like, San Francisco comedian I've ever if if you could ever make a stereotypical San Francisco comedian mm-hmm. with like every fucking stereotype imaginable, it would be this this woman because she's gay, she's Asian, she looks vegan as fuck, and she even said like I'm not a vegan, but I totally get mistaken for being a vegan. Like it was just everything rolled into one, and and she was really funny, and then uh, Brian Posehn came on and. He you had some comedy, great. You said the comedy store. Was it Cobb's Comedy Club? I, yeah, it was Cobb's. I said Cobb's. No, you said the comedy store. You did. You I, mean... said, well, I said Cobb's earlier, but I didn't know if, I didn't know if it was called Cobb's Comedy Store uh, or Cobb's okay. Comedy. Gotcha. No, I'm just I'm because I was trying to look up the show to see who was with him if it would say it. That's all. Good. Sorry. Um. Yeah, I don't know who the opening acts. I I completely missed their names because there was a lot of chatter and like everyone's a lot of people were not wearing masks. So, well, they that was Cal- also an adjustment. They opened up California on Tuesday. So. I know, but that's still really weird for me because, like, well, technically, I wasn't going to be completely fully vaccinated until the 19th. 
Like I had my two vaccinations, but I was like, technically, if I got COVID, I would I would be ninety nine percent covered, but not a hundred percent covered. Yeah. So I was still feeling a little weird about like just walking around without a mask. It was super fucking weird. Um, but then Brian Posehn, you know, lumbered on fucking. I I, I used that because he literally like it was like seeing fucking Bigfoot. Just like a big, <laughs> yeah, bearded, a, yeah, lumbering big, big, dude. Yeah, yeah. And he and he would make jokes about it, like how his wife is always screaming uh, when like he comes in the room. She's like, "Oh my!" He's just like, "You chose this Bigfoot. Like, why are you still a, like scared of me?" You know, <laughs> right? Um, he did have one joke that like kind of got me, but it was really fucking funny. He said, "You know." I lost my mom in 2019 and you know, and I'm like, Oh man, I, I feel it for you, man. Like I, I get it. And he's like, yeah, it's all right. We found her. <laughs> and I'm like chuckling and, and immediately like Michael's girlfriend was like patting me on the arm. Like that's fucked up. Are you okay? And I'm like, look, that was fucked up, but that was pretty funny. <laughs> like of all the people that really fucking like, find the humor of that joke it was me in that fucking yeah, I place mean, i mean it's 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 an interesting weekend to do it but i mean like y- you have to you know what i mean like you have to get to right. a point where you just start finding that because <laughs> um at one point someone like he's doing his bit about smoking marijuana and like someone offered him a vape like a like a fucking marijuana vape pen mm-hmm. right in the front row and, he, and everyone's like hit it hit it he's like don't worry, I'll fucking hit it. Just give me a... I'm trying to tell my, my fucking jokes here. And then he started going off and telling a joke. And then everyone's like, yeah, fuck the joke. Hit that pen. He's like, oh, God, fine. So he grabs the guy's pen and starts fucking like... I was like, that's the most San Francisco thing. Yeah. It's just like smoking weed, essentially, on stage. Yeah. And, and then everyone's like, hold it in. He's like, I got it. Like he's just like I yeah. know what I'm doing. <laughs> Do you ever um, you ever seen Stephen Wright, the comedian? I've never seen him live, but I know Stephen Wright. Really, I'm sure you've seen him like on you've seen like video of him performing, right? You've seen him. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Posehn strikes me as like a modern day Stephen Wright. Um, not really. Brian no? Posehn okay. is is if you took Patton Oswalt. And made him bigger. Okay, no, no, because the way, and I understand he was acting, but it, the character he plays in The Big Bang Theory is very Stephen Wright. I always that Im- one imagine that one surprised me. Yeah, and he he imag- I imagined he did his stand up very similar. His stand up delivery was similar. Brian Posehn uh, was in that this movie, uh, the five year engagement. Did you see it? Uh, no, but I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. So there's a portion where. Jason Siegel is like he and his and uh, uh, what's her name? Rose Rose Byrne, I think. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, who the fuck is it? It's uh, it's uh, fuck the the new Mary Poppins. What the fuck is it? Oh, um, shit. Now I have to look because that's gonna hurt, right? Me. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> aren't we a movie podcast? God damn yeah, it. We something like shit. that. Fuck me. Anyways, they're they're a couple and they keep postponing their engagement. For multitude of reasons. Emily Blunt. Thank you. It's a weed name. I should fucking know that <laughs> for, for this it's joke, a weed you know? Name. Uh, uh, so they go to like fucking 
Ohio or Colorado or Michigan or something like, and he's live. they originally live in San Francisco and he's a high stakes chef. So he moves for her to go to this, uh, to be a professor at a fucking college that like want her in like Indiana or whatever the fuck. And so the only jobs he can get is basically working in a deli and he works for Brian Posehn or he works, he works with Brian Posehn's character. And Posehn gives this fucking great like monologue about how you could pickle anything and you can literally pickle anything. It's astounding. He's like, I pickled a bunch of weed. That was a waste of weed. It's as it turns out. (laughs) And I fucking died, man. And, and he was great this night, but you know me, I, I have to, you know, try and fucking cater to the, the stars and, and be like, well, you want to be in my podcast and, I didn't realize it, but I was pretty much a fucking NASCAR just decked out with pot of skew. No, I I saw you sent us or, or you sent a video. I, like I'm assuming Steph shot that. Yeah, St- yeah, Steph filmed it, but I was uh, I but I didn't plan for it. I happened to be wearing a pot of skew mask. I was wearing a pot of skew white uh, tank top. Oh, were you? I didn't a, see that. I and a hoodie. <laughs> Nice. And hey, you should be fucking wearing the brand when you're out, motherfucker. For the most part, I do, but like this was like we it was get... like I was I was really trying to advertise that. Like, see, I'm not unemployed. You know, we, we, we got we got to get you an Odd Pods, uh, some Odd Pods swag. That's what we got to get you next. Yeah, uh, it, that'll be that'll be next on the list. It, it's out there. So, so sure enough, like he comes lumbering out. And what happened was, like, I'm, like, without going into details, there was some arguing um, amidst our group. And it was just, like, you know, alcohol and tension and all that shit. And there, some guys we're with are literally arguing over the stupidest shit. And somehow I got kind of involved in it. And then I realized that Brian Posehn is, like, behind them. And I said, yeah, fuck you guys and your argument. Brian Posehn's over there. I'm going to go say hi, you fucking idiots. And that's exactly what I said. And I'm sure that went over a while. Oh, they don't give a fuck. They were were too. I mean, so they, um, so Brian's there and I'm talking to him and well, actually, dude, I said the stupidest thing to him. It was like, it was a total Chris Farley, like show type of thing. Oh no. Doesn't matter. I mean, not to mention he's like a foot. It it looks like he's a foot and a hat taller than me. Yeah. I saw it. Like I'm used to being short around Michael, but like, Michael's, you know, got muscle and, and, and meat. This dude looks like he ate Michael. <laughs> and he's got, like, a big beard. Like, it's kind of like... Yeah, yeah. Like, it's Gandalf. You fucking respect Gandalf. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh... So we, I go up, and I'm like, hey, so if I could pit myself for a second. And he says, uh-huh. And I'm like, so I do a podcast. And he's you can see the video that I sent you. He nods the whole time. Yeah, he's he not was... like a, he's not being a dick. He's very, yeah. very friendly and very nice. But he's intimidating as all hell. That's what's sure. fucked up. The 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 funniest thing for me for the video, and I don't know if you've caught this, but as you finish up whatever you're saying and you turn around and walk away, because Steph caught you for about a half a second after you were done, right? There's someone behind you that goes, so, hey, I have this podcast. And then the video cuts off. Really? Immediately after you do it, someone pitched him the same thing. Oh, I I missed that. Yeah. Maybe someone was fucking with me. No, no, I don't. I don't. It didn't. 
the little bit that I could hear because the video stops, but the little bit that I could hear didn't come across like, oh, let me make fun of that guy. It was more of like, hey, I've got this podcast, you know. So I I, I miss that. Yeah, it but was so I, funny. I so I go up to him and he's nodding and I said, so I do a podcast. Here's the sticker, and he's looking at the sticker, and I said, no, no, it's for you. He's like, oh, okay. And he takes he takes it, and then I said, you know, we just want to invite you to come on. Uh, and then I said, you know, I'll, uh, this is the stupidest thing I said. I said, I'll tweet at you on Twitter. <laughs> like, not I'll tweet at you on Facebook. Like, I'll tweet at you, you know, on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and, and he nods his head and kind of like grins and like laughs. But like, that, that was definitely me like, oh my God, I saw you in a movie. You're uh, in the head. Well, all I can say is thank you, Chris. Um, you know. Who? Chris. Chris. Yeah, being the eater Farley and everything. Um, oh, all right, that took me a second. Um, just a little bit. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I, I tweeted at him from the show's account. And, uh, you know, did you? No, I don't think no I response. saw that one. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. He made a whole joke about how he has like a total man crush on the rock. And he does this great bit about like, I was like, I love the rock and my girlfriend, my wife gives me shit for it, you know? And he's like, because he had this whole back and forth between him and the rock on Twitter, Mm. how like the rock went back through like a previous tweet that Brian tweeted at him and then brought it back up again. Mm. And, and so he's like, Oh my God, the rock like liked my shit. And so I, in our tweet, I wrote like Brian could be our The Rock, <laughs> oh, <did you? laughs> hoping he'll get the inside joke. But yeah, I don't know yeah. if he looked at it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Brian, if you're listening, you're you're a funny dude. Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. I haven't seen a lot of his stand up, but I'm a fan of his just because a little bit. I had like I've seen him, like I said, do spots on Big Bang Theory and a couple other sitcoms. But he also did a. Um, there used to be this show on VH1 that I'm sure you never watched, but it was it's called That Metal Show. And it's, I know of that. Yeah. I know of the show. I never watched it. Right, and it's three metalheads. Two of them are uh, comedians. I'm blanking on names right now for whatever reason, but but Brian is a huge metal fan. Like I know that he was wearing an Iron Maiden shirt. I think I, I thought it's uh, Iron Maiden. Yeah, I think it was Maiden. But yeah, now he's a huge metalhead and. Um, so he's been on that show where he's not doing a stand-up routine, but he's not playing a role either. And he was funny as fuck there, too. So, Dude, yeah. Uh, uh, he told this bit that was so goddamn funny. He's like, look, I, I'm a big dude, but I try to be nice. But people don't look past it. They just see this giant Sasquatch dude. And he said, I, I, he's like, I legit scared the fuck out of a woman who was working out at the fucking hotel gym that I was staying at. And, you know, I was, I just finished a set. It was really late, but I had a lot of energy. So I wanted to go work out. And he's like, and he's like, what's really fucked up is that the lights are censored, mm. like sensory. Yeah, lights. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So not saying the lights were censored. They couldn't say fuck because that's <laughs> not a thing. But so a woman is wearing, uh, is like, you know, on the, uh, you know, uh, on the fucking treadmill and he this fucking lumbering seven foot dude fucking 
comes into frame and the fucking lights turn on, scare the shit out of her because all she saw was black and then Brian Posehn. And <laughs> he's wearing fucking like headphones blasting death metal. And he saw she screamed from fright, but he couldn't hear the scream. He's like, you know how fucked up it is to see someone screaming in terror, but you can't hear the scream. He's like, it's way worse than actually having someone scream in fright and you can hear it. Yeah. And then he, and then he said, he said, in, you know, I was trying to be comforting. So I said, don't be scared. <laughs> And then he says, it's okay. I'm wearing tennis shoes. Like, like trying to let her know yeah, I'm yeah, here yeah. to work out. Yeah. But all, but hours later, he, or in minutes later, he realized he just basically said, go ahead and try and run. I'll catch up. <laughs> right. Don't be scared. It was the funniest fucking bit, dude. Um, so that was cool. That was a fun night. And so then, if I can get, Sad. Uh, yesterday, we all said goodbye to my mother. Yeah. Um, so that was a thing. <laughs> uh, and it, it worked. It was it was well done. Like everything went perfect for the most part. There was yeah. no problems with sound. There was no problems with with guests showing up. People showed up when they could. We had a big, huge parking space. So, and everybody who like the 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 city of Port Costa, which mom worked at uh, for the past five years, was incredibly supportive and incredibly generous with their time, um, their the community. Um, one of mom's friends own they they own a uh, a restaurant, and they just fucking cooked like a bunch of fries and chicken sandwiches and pulled pork sandwiches, and it was pretty much like. Free for all. Like I'm, I'm sure there was some money like in the background that I oh, don't I'm sure know about. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like no one came to me asking like, "Hey, so you owe fucking blah blah blah." Right. Um, my, my guess is Maxwell or someone in his clan probably, handled all that. Probably. Yeah. Um, but they were. I mean, the food was great. Everyone like I had like one drink, and then everyone kept coming up to me and be like, "Have you eaten anything? You should eat something. You really should eat something." I'm like, "I'm not drunk." I had one drink. Like, yeah, but you're gonna get drunk, so you should eat something now. Well, I mean, were they wrong? <laughs> they were not wrong. There but you it go. Felt, I mean, like it was one thing of like Steph being like, "You should have some fucking food," and I'm like, "You're right, I should," but I didn't. And then I and then I I, I don't think she did, but it was almost like Steph was like telling everybody to tell me, like, make sure Enrico eats some fucking food, because I had like. Joe and Michael. Joe came out. Joe came into town from LA. Nice. Um, my cousin Jared, he was there and he was oh, just nice. like, Hey man, have you have you had chicken sandwich yet? I'm like, What the fuck? Am I not fat enough, guys? Like, are you See, serious? With, with Jared, I would have responded, Hey motherfucker, you been on pot? Are you coming on get vocal again or what? <laughs> at, what I did was I yelled at him and said, Why don't you eat a fucking sandwich, you skinny fuck? <laughs> and he said, I did. It was delicious. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's fair. Right, and, and look, I eventually I caved in. I ate this fucking sandwich. It was delicious. Yeah. Really fucking good. Um, so then, so the first part of the venue from like 12 to about two was at the restaurant and they had a big kind of outside seating area with sort of a stage, not a stage, but it was like you, like a, 
sort of like ranch steps. It, lo- it looks very ranchy kind of area. Um, and they, and we had microphones and speakers. Maxwell brought literally his entire fucking speaker setup that he does for his band practice. Just like I, I have all the equipment. Sure. So we, um, uh, my quote unquote, auntie Kim, you know, my mom's like best friend from my childhood and shit. Ah, ah. When you no, no, the way, the way, okay. The way you said that didn't sound like auntie, like aunt, like my aunt Kim. It sounded like my auntie, mm. like my, like, like the, the, like, like my aunt, like auntie hero. That's how it sounded. I'm oh, no, 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 no. My, my auntie. Like, aunt, yeah, no, no, no I, I follow now, but no, I got it. But it, the way you first said it, I was thinking like auntie Kim, like I got to what, right. what now? Um, so she started off and, and gave a really good, like, impromptu speech and all about her and Nancy as kids, and and she held it together. And then I uh, I was the second one, and I delivered my, um, more or less my eulogy, which I actually will read at the end of this. I sent it to you privately. You know what it is. There yep. are some people that have not heard it. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, a couple other people came up. Uh, Stephanie actually went up, which was very surprising. Oh, nice. Um, and I, and I asked her this and I don't think she's going to hate me for saying this, but I think she went up because she was expecting everyone to expect her to go up. And she was like, I think she was getting anxiety for not going up there. So she's like, I have to go up now. Mm. Um, and, and at one point she almost lost it and I ran up and, you know, stood next to her and held her hand while we, and I kind of riffed with her telling stories. Um, and then, you know, Joel and Alex and their families arrived and Michael showed up and, you know, it was like, I was surrounded by a lot of love and support. I did get some random strangers that I didn't know coming up to me and, you know, that's going to happen at an event like that though, you know, like that. Oh yeah. I, I was expecting it. Um, this motherfucker though, there was one guy. I didn't know him, but he obviously knew my mom. I think he was just one of the bar patrons. He, and I could barely understand him because he had like no fucking teeth except for like one off to the right and shit. And like, what the fuck? He came up to me. He's like, yeah, man, my mom, you know, died eight years ago and it's still really hard. And I kind of at that point was kind of a little drunk. And I said, well, thanks for the fucking heads up, buddy. And and he and I didn't mean to fucking be so like volatile with my words, but him basically saying it never gets any easier. You're gonna be miserable. I look at me, my mom died eight years ago. I'm like, well, fuck you, dude. Thanks. Like, thanks for fucking being honest, I guess. But can you like could you have told me in eight years when I know that by now? <laughs> you have to tell me now on of today of all fucking days? Like and like <laughs> The dude had this look of like, I, I can't believe you snapped at me. And I'm like, I don't even know who the fuck you are, man. Sorry. And I kind of sauntered off. Um, what else? Uh, we uh, Mom had a, a private spot that I actually kept avoiding going to. Whenever she would take a cigarette break, she would literally cross the train tracks because the train would just like the train tracks were right there uh, next to the warehouse that she worked at. And there would there there would be the water. She would be like sitting on like rocks and like the pier and just like looking at the water and waiting for the boats 
to go by and she would yell every time a boat would go by. She's like, big boats. And I was like, first off, I cannot imagine mom found any spot to be quiet. Like it doesn't seem like Nancy to find any place to be quiet. And then to prove my fucking point, she was not quiet at her quiet private spot. She's screaming at fucking boats. Like, <laughs> so before that in the parking lot, there was a, um, like it, it's like the size, it's like a small building. It looks like the size of an outhouse or a, uh, um, but it's, it wasn't, it was just some w- small white building, but someone had painted a mural of, of Nancy. Like, you know, uh, there's a photo of her with the fucking unicorns fucking shirt. And so they drew that picture on the back of it. I actually posted it on Twitter. <clears throat> so then me, Michael and Joe, just like the th- three of us, there was one other guy. Well, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say his name, but we, we, Cross the tracks. If I was like, if it's who I think it is, I've been promoting the crap out of that song, so I don't see why not, unless it's not that same person. Uh, uh-uh. no, 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 no. He, uh, Ian had not arrived yet. Okay, because I've been, uh, I've been promoting the crap out of that song and the reason good. for um, it. So yeah, um, no, there was someone else, but I just don't know if I'm. Okay, if yeah, I yeah. If it's somebody else, then sure, I got it. But Go we, ahead. we crossed the tracks. I was like the fat kid from Stand by Me crossing the train tracks. You haven't seen the movie, but once you watch that, you'll fucking remember this and you'll be like, I get it now. (laughs) Um, And we, you know, and there was like people sitting on Nancy's spot and someone actually had tagged it with graffiti saying Nancy. Like, so it was designated that is Nancy's spot. And I had to kind of awkwardly like, because I'm, it was too like young African-American girls just sitting there and I'm kind of lumbering along with a bunch of dudes. And I said, Hey, uh, so my mom died. And this was her favorite spot. Do you mind if we just kind of like look here for a minute? Like, oh, no, that's cool. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry to like depress you. But like a bunch of guys just walking towards you in your direction, looking right at you. Like, I'm wearing tennis shoes. Like, don't scream. Don't <laughs> run. Like, it was, it was kind of that situation. And I even and literally she was sitting with her leg draped over the end for Nancy. And mm. I said, yeah, your leg is on my mom's name. Like, I'm not making this up. And then she's like, oh, that's cool. They didn't fucking move, which kind of annoyed me. I mean, I kind of made this whole preface. I'm like, yeah, this is my mom's private spot. I kind of want to just look at it. Oh, no, that's cool. You can hang out here. Yeah, I don't want you here, but all right. Like, fuckers, it's fine. God damn it. So we all had a private but public fucking moment of silence. Um, and then you know we we from from that we moved over to the warehouse, which was had a lot of outside seating and blah blah blah. Um, it was hard, CJ. It was you know it was a imagine. lot of tears. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. It, it, but it was you know there. Were, I really started losing it around like six thirty. All you know, all the emotion just started flooding out. Like I had cried throughout the day, but sure. it was really like hard to hold back anything at that point. I listen. It, it, I hope for you, buddy, and I'm not saying that you're just perfectly fine now, and I wouldn't expect that. That would be unrealistic, right? But I would hope, you know, like with me, when when my dad died, I I got to a point day of where, like, I just had that had to be the day. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that was it, and now I have the rest of my life to live. That doesn't mean you forget him or you don't care or whatever, you know? 
but you just got to move forward with life. And and I don't know her very well, Rico. I'm not going to sit here and, and blow smoke and act like I do, because I don't. But the little bits that you've told me about, and the very little of it I got to interact with her, I don't think that's what she would want for you, for you to be sitting around being miserable the rest of your life about the fact that this happened. Do you know what I mean? Of like that's, that's yeah, yeah. the yeah. last thing I think she'd want. Ron, on the other hand, probably wants you every day at the land going, hey, man, I miss you. You, you know? So... Uh, that, that's and, and, that's and, probable. And bring me a cigarette. Like, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. You know, like, that. that's the difference between the two. But I, I don't I don't see Nancy wanting that for you. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Nancy, Nancy would want me to be happy. Um, and, and, you know, I, I know I'm, I think from, for myself, because I have been doing better the last six months, you know, it, it's been oh, I, you yeah, know, an uphill I've, battle. Sure. I've noticed the difference, um, but it was just like <laughs> my, my brothers texted me like, how are you doing? And I said, the fucking bitches everywhere. Like I'm crying, she's fucking everywhere, and there was like photos of her everywhere. There was well, it's gonna be Maxwell. a day like that, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, uh, it, when I break down, I I'm not embarrassed. I let my emotions go. Um, it was just I I felt like I had was doing so well, and then I took ten steps back. Like it felt like how I felt six months ago. But it, and but I know it, I know yeah. it's a I know it's not fair of me to do that to myself, but that's how I felt. Yeah, I mean it's um, it's it's going to on a day like that. You know what I mean? Like, of course it's gonna feel that way on a day like right. yesterday. So and yeah. and you know it wasn't just when I went up for my speech. It was you know when my my actual aunt, my my mother's younger yeah. sister, and that was hard. That was really fucking sure. hard to watch her just like not. She's like Nancy was always my protector. That's that really mm. fucking hit us. Um, a lot of people were very sweet. One guy actually, uh, he went up and he had worked with Nancy and he didn't have cable, but the warehouse TV does have cable. So he would go over to watch the walking dead and unbeknownst to me, because the walking dead is not a show Nancy would ever watch, Right. but they were watching the walking dead together like every goddamn week. And he's, and he's saying this on stage and I fucking yell out that bitch. She never watched it with me. I tried to get her to watch it. That fucker. (laughs) (laughs) It starts to make me wonder if she actually listened to Potterski once. I don't think so. No. Okay, I was trying. Not not sober. Let's put it that way. She may have done it high and then forgot. Um, so then uh, my buddy Ian, who uh, you've been playing his song, yeah, uh, he showed up, and he, I hadn't seen Ian in like ten years, and he's exactly the same but completely fucking different. Like he's he's just a he's just a well adjusted dude, and he was the dude's got wit. And he and he like razor sharp, quick wit. And he just started telling like the funniest stories. Nothing about my mom or or just like how he and I were. Yeah. What we were like in high school. And he had us all cracking up. And when I met him, like he was kind of very straight edge. And yeah, you've told me kind of not. Yeah. You told me Um, you've told us about that before and how like he was like skinny fuck. And then one day he was just like, I'm going to get yoked. And then he became like fucking Mr. Universe and shit. 
not Mr. Universe, but he definitely put on some fucking muscle. Right. And he was well, like, yeah. he always had like long shoulder length hair. Now he's got like, it's, it's short and like quaffed. And he's a musician now and blah, blah. Like, he's a you know, damn just, good musician too, for yeah. the record. Very much so. Um, so he and Joe and I and Michael and I, we all, they kind of, I, I'm grateful for this. They kind of took me out of there because I started breaking down really hard. Mm. So I just said, to them, I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. And they're like, we gotcha. We're, we're taking you to fucking Oakland. We're getting you drunk. You're going to have some fun. And then gradually it just, the, the group sort of dissipated. Um, but Ian and his girlfriend hung out with us at our house and hung out for like an hour and we ate some pizza and that was it. Oh. And then I was at that point very drunk and I just had to go to sleep. Um, so yeah, um, I, uh, I I tried to give a moment last night on the radio as well. I heard that I was at the bar and Steph texted me and said, "In about twenty minutes, you're gonna want to go on the radio show and listen." Um, and I did, and I texted you. I'm like, yeah. "Did I make it?" And you're like, "Yeah, you made it." And so I'm staying there outside having a cigarette, and the song "Nancy with the Laughing Play" uh, laughing face. First off. I told my group, I'm like, I, I'm going to have to go outside and listen to this because it's a loud bar. I can't hear anything. Sure. And I said, I'm going to have to excuse myself. And like, Michael's like, why? And I'm like, well, because, you know, CJ's putting on some music. And I think I know he's like, he's putting on Nance with a fucking laughing face, isn't he? I said, I don't know. But it wasn't probably. just the song, though. It was, it was about the, the the sentiment that I passed on. When, no, you know, I, so. I understood. I totally yeah. understood. Michael was cracking jokes. Be like, if I see CJ, I'm going to fuck him up. Like. That motherfucker, heaven, heaven, <laughs> heaven, he hasn't Rico suffered enough today. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't meant. No, it, I, yeah. I, we, we were all busting your balls that you, and you weren't even aware of it, yeah. but, but I'm standing there, I'm listening and Michael looks at me and says, you must hate this fucking song by now because I sang it yesterday. I know, I know you did. And, and. But I didn't have anything better to go with. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, it is the per- look. There, honestly, there is no other fucking perfect song. It's right. Frank Sinatra to like rub it in my mom's face, <laughs> and it's called Nancy with the Laughing Face, which is right. like exactly who she was. Right. And so when I when I started my song, everyone was like, "Oh, it's so." And I modified some lyrics because yeah, like, you said you were gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah, and I and instead of like my Nancy with the laughing face, I was like my mommy with the laughing face. But I actually at that precise moment, I actually couldn't get through the final word. Mm. I stopped, so I I just turned away from the audience and I just put the mic down. I I I just that I I made it like ninety nine percent. Like there was just that one final word and I couldn't do it. I called a victory. I wasn't I wasn't sweating. Oh yeah, I, I um but. No, there was a failure. The fucking, all of a sudden, the goddamn Hell's Angels decide to fucking motorcycle past and rev their fucking engines at the last line of me singing. So I had to stand there for like eight seconds, just like looking awkwardly at the fucking audience. And we're all just like, those motherfuckers, pieces of shit. And the fucked up thing is they probably were, like, driving by to, like, salute Nancy. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, Rev, Rev, we miss you, Nancy. I'm like, fuck Rev, you, I'm trying to do some shit here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, so. I also actually played something for you on Thursday, but it wasn't as um, that significant. It was uh, That's Amore by Dean Martin. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so not, not nearly as, like, significant, but certainly no. gave you a shout-out when it played, so. 
Well, I appreciate that. Of course. Um, uh, did you have anything you want to? Um... No, dude. This is this is about you and what you what you were doing. So I'm just here as the uh, the counterbalance. The, the recorder. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I'm I'm you know a little calm, but I mean my, what am I my... going to say? I mean I can't really sit here and actively crack jokes that you know. <laughs> My mom, you know, you know, short of trying to do my boo boo bee boo impression, I can't really crack <laughs> a joke here, you know. So, all right, so here's the eulogy, and I'll have to explain a couple things. So, I said, Good afternoon, good afternoon, because no one said good afternoon when I said good afternoon, and I knew that was going to happen, so I had to have everyone yell good afternoon back at me. And I said, now that Nancy is gone, we have to be a little louder to fill the silence. I'm going to try and get through this as best as I can, like Nancy telling me a long story when she's stoned and forgets her place. If I tend to get a little wordy up here, don't blame me. I got it from Nancy. I got a lot from her. Her sense of humor, her warmth, her ability to charm a room, and of course her humbleness. That was a slow burn for that joke. People like it, I waited like a good three seconds. Then people started getting it. And then everyone just started fucking guffawing. Uh, what I didn't get was her height. For years, both my parents told me I would be six feet. And then my brothers would stop beating me up. Turns out Italian genes are more active than Norwegian. My mom was the strongest person I knew. She worked her whole life spending long hours in the service, service industry. She easily charmed so many people and had the talent to call people on their shit, and they would still appreciate her for it. For years, at many bars and restaurants, you could find me sitting in a corner, coloring and eating chicken strips while Nancy worked. Every person who walked in was told to meet Nancy's son, and she did it with such pride and gusto. She also used my presence there so that certain patrons would try to be on their best behavior in front of me. Sometimes it worked. Mom was easily the most emotional person I knew. Everything was 11 for her. If she was happy, dogs could hear her high-pitched gasp for air as she laughed uncontrollably. All the way out in Russia. When she was sad, Mom let the tears flow, but still always retained a smile on her face. And when Mom was mad, she was fucking mad. I suddenly can't remember any incidents of her, specifically her getting mad at me for some reason. She never hit me, but she loved to tell a story to, perf to perfect strangers about how she spanked me when I was, quote, halfway out of a window. Apparently, I told her I would report her to child services. And then I ad-libbed, that's white privilege right there. <laughs> when I was 13, on my birthday, mom threw me a party at the Baltic. And that's where she met Mike Maxwell. According to Maxwell, he overheard Nancy complaining about me being a new teenager and driving her nuts. And she wanted to smack me. Maxwell, in his very first conversation with Nancy, told her she had to have a reason to smack me. And somehow, that was the start of a relationship I've been incredibly fortunate to witness and be a part of. Thank you, Maxwell, for defending me then and supporting me now. On December 26th, 2020, two of the worst things that could ever happen to me happened to me. Mom died unexpectedly around 9, 9 a.m. And around five hours earlier, I watched an awful, horrible, fucked up film called The Family Stone. 
You're all going to have to indulge me for just a little longer as I tell you the crazy connection of the family stone and my mom. First off, spoilers, it's a Christmas film, and the mom and the family dies. Okay, so that's weird and random that I watch this film for the first time, and then my mom dies around Christmas. Around 15 years ago, mom found me a can of film at a flea market. She knew I loved movies and got it for me. After a week or so of crying and drinking, we went and helped Maxwell go through some of mom's things, including some leftover stuff of mine. We found that film. Written on it was stamped the Family Stone trailer. What in the serious fucking hell? The irony is mom probably would have loved that movie, but I will never subject my eyes to it again. It's sad. It's hard. I miss my mom. And I feel for all of us. It really does warm me up to see how many people came for her. I'm not at all surprised, as mom was always there for all of you. Whether it was a phone call, a text, or just her showing up at your house, mom could and would be there. If you were sick, mom would bring you chicken soup. If she noticed your place was dirty, she had a vacuum in her car. She was immensely supportive, yet she still never listened to a single episode of my podcast, Podescue. She told me that if she wanted to hear me and my friend cry about comic book movies, she'll just come see me. This didn't stop her from randomly telling me that she was about to start her own podcast and was asking me for advice and guidance. I have jokingly told her she wasn't allowed to start her own until she listened to at least one episode. She told me I talked too much and that my episodes were too long. I remind her that it once took her 45 minutes to tell me a story that was easily five minutes long, mostly because she would light a joint and then stare at me quizzically like she was waiting for me to finish the story she forgot. <sighs> and I will. All of us will have to. Mom's life story was incomplete, so it's up to all of us to continue writing her story. Every time you think of her, do something she would do. When you go on a trip, please keep my mom's memory alive by saying her name out loud. Every time you hear a song you suspected she liked, exclaim woohoo at the top of your lungs like only she could. Please. Help me finish her book. It's too soon to close it and put it away. <laughs> Finally, I get to have the final say and the last laugh, and I'm going to try and sing a song by an artist that mom grew to despise over my years, Frank Sinatra. The song, perfectly titled, is called Nancy with a Laughing Face. I love you, Mom. If I don't see her each day, I miss her. Gee, what a thrill each time I kiss her. Believe me, I've got a case on Nancy with a laughing face. This podcast episode is in loving memory of Nancy Jane Amdell, a beloved family friend. 
and my smoking buddy. Welcome. Good morning. This is the Princeton Cannabis Review with your host, Bibiana Princeton, and her favorite doobie diva, Miss Nancy Jane. Good morning, Nancy. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Good to be here. Well, we would like to welcome you to our Stoned and Age segment. We are lifelong stoners. We love marijuana. And we are here today to uh, review this beautiful uh, Legacy Sour. Nancy, what farm is this uh, from? This one is from Flow Canna. It says Northern California, Flow Canna Gold. And uh, Sun Grown, our farmers promote the philosophy of sustainable farming. People, seeds, soil, and sun, which to me is Northern California. I know, and I love sun-grown marijuana. And um, when I did a little research on this farm, it's it's not actually a farm. It's like a um, co-op. A co-op. And I think on the top of the jar, is there a farm written in there? It says, yes, Star Song Farm of Mendocino County. Although... It's funny. I thought that this was Santa Cruz for some reason, but no, it is. It I'm tripping to another farm, but yes, and it says that they work with small farmers uh, who cultivate naturally outdoors in small batches with only organic inputs, which is exactly what we were talking about. When mm-hmm. We were smoking. We love that those family-run small batch. Independent farms, and I noticed that uh, they basically source from Humboldt, Mendocino, and Trinity counties. Mm. So we're talking about what is that? The Emerald Triangle? Oh, it is. (laughs) It is the Diamond Triangle. I think. I mean, it is tops Emerald. It's really as a Northern California, I can say that Hmm. just being in the Humboldt air makes you feel stoned. (laughs) Sweet. And so um, we both had, um, I, I, we both did hand-rolled joints, uh, I, and we definitely are believers in raw, unbleached papers. Absolutely. Uh, I happen to use a raw filter, but uh, we both enjoyed, a, a, you know, a few puffs. We didn't have to smoke the whole thing. It was <laughs> conscious, a conscious third of the doobie. <laughs> Which is not much because we used to pass them back and forth. I know, the good old days, the good old <laughs> days. Uh, so, uh, Nancy, what's, what's the THC on this one? It is 23.45%, which it, is 820 milligrams. Wow. I think is it, yeah. Not that I, yeah. And then the CBD, it actually has some CBD content, which is point. Ten percent, and which is four milligrams. Interesting. Wow, that's pretty high for the CBD content. Usually, um, it's very little, um, or non-existent, not even measurable. Exactly. And and is this an indica or a sativa? This is sativa dominant. Uh, and the active part, I I tend to agree with you that that's probably. Uh, whether you want something to make you active, or whether you want something to 
chill you out. <laughs> you know, I know I'm feeling active because uh, this this um this is some really nice stuff. Um, what can, you want to know what it was packaged? Just for yeah, yeah. The, let's talk about the packaging so here. What is today's date? The first of September, and uh, this was packaged on seven fourteen twenty twenty. So that's pretty fresh. It's it's exactly what you're usually getting these days. I think that within like two months, they're already, yeah, because, I mean, it's it'll be interesting to find out, like, even though it was packaged on that day, it had to have been from last January, say, that it was grown through and then it was dried. Right. So um, it, it's definitely probably a 2020 harvest. Well, it's beautiful. It um, is. It's uh, let's see. Let's talk about the appearance of the bud. What do you say? What do you see, Nancy? You got the jar over there. I think that it was beautiful. It <laughs> it, it looked like you know Humboldt County or Northern California Primo Bud has the nice uh, sort of a nice light green olive colored with the red red hairs. You just want a lot of those little red hairs. And uh, when it rolled up, it wasn't super sticky. Mm-mm. It was. It broke up nicely. And I think that for Estiva, it was quite beautiful. I really enjoyed it. Um, yesterday on Sunday, I it was my first smoke of the day just because I um, it was, was trying, trying my... <laughs> My new template here. <laughs> Yesterday was Monday. Not that we're stoned or anything. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> well, that was the last time I tried it, I guess. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Nancy. Somebody's got to keep us honest. I know. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was noticing uh, that it it after I smoked it and was maybe like half a joint, it was almost if I looked far away, things were kind of shimmery and wispy. And, and you know, after 30 minutes, I still felt really stoned, um, you know. But then inside my body, I felt um, a lot of my tension release, you know. And that was, that was like after 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, and then I kind of noticed things loosening up, like, you know, tension in my neck and... and uh, you know, I felt physical. I, I could feel my body physically, but I felt really grounded and and almost like, you know, it'd be fun to, you know, this would be great date night stuff, you know, to hang out with somebody and <laughs> just or, get close and, to them. <laughs> or maybe I just want to do that anyway because it's been so long. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know that the pot necessarily led to that, but, uh, but oh. truly the relaxation <laughs> makes you open to anything, which is really what we, the good feeling that we smoke for. for- I know, exactly. Our endocannabinoid system, our, our receptors are so happy when the cannabinoids from the marijuana plant come to us because then we feel better. So... You know, you don't have to have an illness. You just, you know, maybe want to feel better or, you know, let go of anxiety or let go of something else that you don't want in your life and, and just feel good. So for us, it's marijuana. and it's, it's the relaxation that it gives you and the way to be able to look at 
what your day is already set up to look like differently. That's what it gives to me. It gives me the shift in stress levels, I guess. There's good stress. And then there's stone stress, which is so much better. (laughs) (laughs) It's just take, and truly I would have, I could give up a lot of things in my life, probably not ever chocolate or pot. No, that would not be that would not be a good idea. I haven't even actually ran out of marijuana in in years. I can justify it in years. That the idea of it could cause me horrible nightmares. <laughs> but but I also think that speaks to the magic of the plant. You Truly, know? I mean, if you it takes care of you, and and I noticed that. My pot buddies, for lack of it, they're just my friends at this point that actually still smoke or occasionally smoke or they just have to smoke when they're around me. I find that they really, they don't necessarily have to have it, but everybody sometimes has something that's going to work for them. And uh, you have to decide on your own. You know, when I don't have it, it's it would be definitely as bad as somebody who was on pills. Maybe, maybe not. No, no, maybe not. I don't know. I just hear. I think there's more opioid oh. addictions than marijuana oh. addictions. Well, I, you yeah. might be bitchy, Nancy, yeah. but the yeah, name truly. is Nancy Jane. But that's about it. And truly, I go for the Native American, you know, acceptance of the herb as it's it's just vital to my life. And once I realized that, it made it made smoking. And once it became legal. Yeah. It was like the skies opened up and shone for me, man. Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. I mean, we've spent decades when it procuring on the uh, dark side, basically, according to the law, you know. Yeah. Do, and that's what I meant to say is see, I am a little stoned, is that the thing about pot when it before it was legal, was that your pot buddies were your pot buddies. And so you, if you knew you wanted to snag a doobie or a bud from somebody, it went around. It was the circle that always went around. It wasn't a money thing, and it's still not necessarily. It's much more of as the bud revolves, you know. Correct. Like, if yeah. I had bud, you would have bud. Right. If, you know, and truly, even if I gave... My roaches to somebody. If somebody asked me for some bud, I'd say, I'm sure I have a couple half doobies somewhere in the van, you know. And it is the blessing of it that you knew that it wasn't a, it wasn't ever for me anyway an addiction that was going to cost my friends. No, it, it only no. It, it only actually de- deepened relationships with some people. Right, and 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 I think that it's it's the same. It's about people in judgment. You know, your friends didn't judge you because maybe they were smoking also, you know. Oh, um, I think it almost became a qualifier for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I love my friends that used to smoke because they just, some of them just can't. And I'm so glad that I didn't smoke when I was under 18, really. Mm. You know, I didn't really smoke until I had to commute. Ah, Oh, well, yeah. I also didn't smoke until I was an adult. So it's also, important. you know, this is an adult conversation in case you haven't noticed. But um, we're super grateful that, you know, we don't have to go through these 
you know, long processes of procuring weed illegally anymore. You could walk and into a store like it's a, it's just your neighborhood market. I know, but it's it was like a big step for me to go in. Oh, yeah. You know, and maybe we could talk about that because, you know, we're a little bit older and, you know, and... Have and less mo- to lose our reputation, you know, <laughs> <laughs> by even talking about it. <laughs> and it's good to educate people that are actually going to come to California, to any part of the state and understand what they've, what this, it may cost you, the hotel may cost you. Yeah, or, or, you know, just what, um, you know, what the experience is like, you know, it's different, you know, and just, you know, prepared. And it's very intimidating. So, you know, even now I go in, I'm still a little bit intimidated, but I'm trying to demystify it, uh, you know, with, information and to make it easier for you and and much more fun and fun because you know i think that's what the main thing is is that we should have fun and make informed decisions so um you know nancy what are they like the first things that happen when you when you like pull up to a dispensary so truly you'll see a security guard you will see a security guard outside of a building and with today's environment, it could be a boarded up building just because we have protests happening, rightfully so. And so yeah. if so there's always a security guard, whatever's happening in the neighborhood. It could be in a little strip mall, an outdoor strip mall. You'll it could be on a major street. Um, you have so many areas and choices, and it could be completely overwhelming. Exactly. And with, you know, the situation with COVID, sometimes you have to like wait outside. Socially distancing. There's always socially distancing involved. And, you know, but as soon as you, you you see the, you know, back to the security guard, you see the security security guard. guard. Yeah. You, um, you know, he checks your ID. For age only. Well, to... Because you have to be a certain age to enter a dispensary, right? You can't be under twenty one. So, so that's and so he'll just look at it and hand it back, and so then you still wait in line. He'll tell you when you can go in, right? And at that point, sometimes, uh, oh no, no, then you go in, and then your another name guy is, takes your license, right? Another person takes your license, and then you're put into their system. So then they run it. Then you're running. So then you go get in line and. and and Bibiana, I, I believe that you can be from any state. It's not that if you're visiting the lovely state of California, that you could you show your real ID. This isn't something that you have to think about before you get here. You show your Wisconsin ID or your Philadelphia. Passport. Yeah, your, your passport. You could and, be from and another so country. so when they put you in their system... I don't believe that it's shared, like, you know, I don't believe that you have to be uncomfortable about showing your real ID. I don't think that it's going into some database that's going out to states that's illegal at still. There should be no paranoia involved. I I think that that's a personal decision. If if you're a, a person coming from China and you only have your passport I would not go to any dispensary because oh, you have to go back to China and that could impact your life. You could go straight to jail for that. 
Oh, and truly, that's I wasn't thinking internationally. I was just thinking of the United States. But it was, you might be able to go straight to jail for that in Nebraska. <laughs> because there's the remnants of my paranoia, but I also no, want to take yeah. care of my international friends. Right, absolutely. And truly, I think that right now we don't have much international travel, so <laughs> we're probably okay on that one. Um, and And truly... I was afraid the first time I was like, hmm, do I have any parking tickets or when they put me into the computer. But I realized that they're just trying to build up their customer base and trying to be good to it as well, have a mailing list. Although they don't, they just, they don't ask you any questions. It's just that they check to make sure it's a legitimate driver's license and put it in your, the computer. And then you get in line and uh, usually there's... um an you know, indoor and an outdoor. Like, or a menu. Once you go in. Once you so go you're in. in. So now you're inside the actual dispensary. Right. Because we were outside in the reception area. Right. And uh, there is usually a line, and it usually goes incredibly fast. <laughs> so Too fast. It goes way too fast. So what you have to rec- maybe realize while you're in line that there's a lot going on around you. <laughs> And try to uh, to slow it down to your pace because I think that I have a tough time slowing it down. And so I'm like looking at the menus and I might only be in line for four minutes. I don't even do that. I count on the bud tender to give me some advice. And it's obvious a lot of times they don't, they don't know <laughs> or they don't know or they don't. They don't know or they don't want to help be helpful that way because they're not trained. And that's and their business is to sell, not to necessarily educate, which is why we're here. Exactly. So I think the best experiences have been when you actually go online. For that specific dispensary. Exactly. And if they don't have a website, I don't know how I would feel about it. Right. Don't go there. You know, if you don't, I mean, I'm sorry. Or maybe go there and maybe you'll get great deals (laughs) because they don't have time to type. (laughs) That's the point. That's a good point. However, if you want to go and get something that you know you're getting. That you want to, you have a specific flavor in mind. Exactly. So if you're looking for a, a high potency sativa, then I would... Punch in some Tiva and see which one has the highest potency and then write that down on a list. Not on your phone, not on anything else, personally. Pen to paper. (laughs) Pen to paper because once you actually get in front and actually get to the line, you know, if you haven't reserved that jar or that eighth or whatever. Can you reserve it? Yeah, they're not. I mean, we're going to go into that next week. We're going to go into that. Learned my something new for today. Then we can, um, uh, you know, make sure you're getting what you're asking for. So one thing I found is is that you don't want to be locked into just one thing. You want to have your top three because the odds of selling out um, or of running out of a certain type is huge. It's probably if you if they haven't updated their web page or whatever every day, they could sell out of a a specific brand. So I try to keep three choices. And uh, usually I'm sativa, but I'm trying to think outside the box and do a little bit more of the hybrids just for Bibiana's 
instant <laughs> review. Thank you, Nancy. You betcha. <laughs> the other thing I noticed is that it's like different dispensaries will have uh, a great website that's updated or they'll have one that isn't updated, but you still go there and configure it out. But that's great advice having three choices because you will get, you will find something you, you want. But it's when you go in there and you ask them to help you, you, you don't know what you're going to get. And that's, I'm always looking for someone to help me, but I don't think it's going to happen yet. <laughs> it's not going to come from them. You, it's going to come from your own research. Exactly. So that's why I enjoy, I really enjoy researching and finding out information and, you know, seeing how things are done and, and testing things. And um, the other huge thing about dispensaries is what city they're in. So, so which, oh. which lends to the price of what their local taxes are. So what we've noticed going to Berkeley, because we, we were doing some research, is that Berkeley charges almost 28% tax after you um, include the cannabis uh, excise tax, the city of Berkeley cannabis tax, and then the sales tax for Alameda County. It all adds up to almost 28%. Wow. None of it is actually state. It's all local and county though, right? um, City and county. But there's not California like, is uh, thirteen. So California cannabis, yeah. So the California cannabis is thirteen. The city of Berkeley um, recreational tax is five, and then California sales tax for Alameda County is nine point two five. Huge. That's a, that's saying that a, if an eighth in just regular terms cost you forty dollars, mm-hmm. when you add twenty eight percent onto that. It's that's like fifty dollars, yeah, yeah. over fifty two dollars, something like that. So, oh no, it's more than that, isn't it? Twenty eight percent. No, I, I figured it out. Fifty dollar eighth okay, yeah. plus thirteen seventy seven. Well, so fifty dollar eighth is going to cost you sixty three dollars and seventy seven cents. Which, if you're thinking of going and getting two different eighths because you want some, try out some different flavors then you have to remember that that's on your total sales. So $80 be, or $100 becomes 130 <laughs> Right, right. And so um, we also did some shopping in Richmond because it's, it's close to us. And um, what they charge is it's cheaper to purchase and then they charge you differently. They charge you a whole price. They, it's like $50. Oh. $50 an eighth, all the taxes are included. So it's actually only costing you $43 worth of weed, and the rest is like six fifty in taxes, which, by the way, happens to be 13%. Completely. Completely. <laughs> like okay. it's double. It's double to go to some cities. And, and uh, so let's go over the bridge and tell me. So... We are going to, uh, I'm going to produce a nice white sheet for the local uh, counties around me oh, and cities. Yeah. And then we're going to have that available to you on our website, the PrincetonCannabisReview.com. And, uh, you know, you can check it out yourself and see which, where you want to go, you know. Um, and then also check out different dispensaries and what kind of experiences you want to have and you know, and 
be informed with your money. And truly, if you've been, if you've been a, if you consider yourself a a regular smoker, then be clear. It's hard to narrow down what we've been doing all of our lives, but be clear of what you're looking for. And usually, it's not something that's an edible. And if you're if for physical, you know, for personal challenges, you need to eat it by all means. <laughs> Listen, we are going to cover edibles. Um, tinctures. You know, tinctures, all those different ways. Mainly things that, you know, we can kind of make at home because I, I feel like I want to take my power back, whether it's, you know, growing my own marijuana once I have my own property because it's illegal to grow if you're renting. And, you know, Thankfully, I get to vicariously watch Miss Nancy Jane. Oh, I love I'm grow her plants. Talk about your plants. Oh, I love you talking my about your plants. Pandemic pot plants. It's <laughs> it, and back to the dispensary. Just oh, okay. to bring it back around because that's what I decided to do when we were limited. And back to the dispensary. I highly recommend going with a friend. The anxiety oh, level yeah. is very different if you have somebody else to ask questions while you're sort of getting a grip on your surroundings and mostly for people who aren't sure of what they want if you have somebody with you that maybe is a smoker or or just wants to experience it with you it helps it not yeah. for the fear factor but just to get more questions in yeah and just calm down and and get it, bring it to it. your pace yeah because you know everybody's moving so fast and you know what quite frankly you have purchasing power and you should feel good about making your purchases and enjoying this beautiful plant. Uh, and really, I so being able to, there are cer- some dispensaries that are licensed to sell clones, which means that you can buy a, a small plant that's, say, six inches high, or you can buy a 12-inch high plant that's in a bigger pot. That's, but both, all their clones are already, how do you say it? Feminized? Feminized. Feminized, which means that, the males go away and the females got their butt on. Right so, on. So you buy them that way. So they are, you have to have a commitment. Like Viviana says, you can't be renting usually. Even in this wonderful state, it's part of a lot of rental agreements. So if you are lucky enough to own a place here, then, and I, I'm lucky enough to live with a guy who owns our house. <laughs> and so... We, I picked up some because I didn't want to do all the seed thing. I've never been able to do seeds. It's a big commitment. It's a, uh, it's a big commitment. It's an everyday commitment at some level. And um, so I picked up two. I think that Bibiana might have been with me for my first two. Yeah, it was so cool. <laughs> and they have them right in the dispensary. And um, so on the side, there's grow lights and there's all these plants. And so I, I was seriously specific about wanting a sativa and be and not because I know anything but because I know what I like and so that's usually the my pot of choice it energizes me but not so much that I need the energy but it helps focus the energy I do have which to me is awesome I'm not just a whirling dervish (laughs) so I think that so we got the first two and then I just sort of put them in a bigger pot transplanted them got them outside because when they're grown in grow lights and then sort of just let them go. And I wanted to stagger them in case we were shut down for years or whatever. We didn't know at this point. (laughs) So about four weeks later, I went back and bought two more 
a sativa dominant. It must have been about a month later. And then I put those, I automatically put those into a bigger pot because I realized I was ignoring the first two and they were root bound. Even though they weren't Mm. dying, they were just basically grown as big as they are. So the second two, I went into a bigger pot. And then I moved the first two into bigger pots so that they could spread their wings. And now, (laughs) um, I think it's been since May, June, July. So now I've got these incredibly beautiful buds. And I guess we call them flowers or blooms. And while they're developing right now, I just call them beautiful they're so green. It makes me so happy. I love planting anything and I love growing my own food. But when I saw her plants, uh, I haven't seen them in forever. They were so beautiful. Oh, and we do live in California. So we do have wonderful produce and things that we just take for granted. But to be able to have your own bud just because we were so locked down was certainly something that yeah, made us all triumph, smile. a triumph over a, not legally, a great situation. And you legally. Know? And legally. And outdoor. You know? Yeah, I didn't really want to lend any more electricity to my grid. <laughs> so it's great that they're outside. And it's great. I mean, they might have a smoky flavor. The state's been on fire for this a, a month now. So I'm hoping that we have some really serious California pandemic wildfire bud. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're going to, um, I want to just check in with you how you're feeling since we smoked. Because I'm. Has it been 40 minutes, you think? It has been. 30. So perfect. I think that I still have, my eyes are still a little bit at half mast and I feel fine. I'm not nervous, but I feel pretty relaxed sitting in the studio here. Yay, cool. And we're hoping we're recording. (laughs) Oh yeah, we're recording this time. Oh my God. We're going to go Huntington Farms next time because (laughs) mama forgot the button. Very important button. So we wanted to... Uh, talk about packaging because that does yeah. sort of influence us in some ways. And one thing that the league, besides the taxes, that you're you're getting this packaging when you go into a dispensary. So you can't always feel, touch, smell, or anything when you go shopping. It's not as if you're at a produce market. Everything is packaged. It's and packaged, and they won't even let you touch the jar now until you've paid. No, I'm, I make them flip it over. Well, they and most of them will. They, and they should be. You should be able to see what you're getting through either a see-through window or the bottom. But the bottom on this jar is it's complete not. print as right. well. It's, it's it's in an amber jar, so you couldn't see this easily at a at a thing. You just had to trust that they're that they were on it. They were on it, but then I think also, too, this is on the website. So they'll have a picture of the bud. So so you know what you're getting. And and the reason why I chose... chose um, the organic... Flocana. Uh, the reason why I chose them is because they had won some awards recently. And and they also uh, support the small farmer, you know, heritage farmers. It's a co-op. So I really... That's a lot of the reason why I was going for them, but... What I also noticed is that with jars sometimes, either, and and I was surprised too, it's like I opened up this jar and it was to the top, but 
it's also, you know, a little bit thicker on the bottom. <laughs> it's got the heavy so, bottom glass. Right. So it's, you, it's a feeling. It's you a get. feel, you know. So it's like, okay, so my weed is protected because it's amber, you know, it's uh, in an amber jar. I couldn't see it beforehand. It's really good. It is really good weed. It's not going to last delicious. very long. And it is, a, they have to have them in child proof containers. Right. So it's got a lock lid. So. But and truly, the fact that it's organic is a big plus. But Miss Bibiana, hmm. how much did you pay for this little jar? So for that one, well, and actually, maybe, oh, <laughs> here we go. Um, where is it? And you? and at these dispensaries, there's floating menus like up on walls that so bring your glasses if you need them to see far away because they'll be rotating menus of your varieties, trying to fill you in on a little bit of this things that'll make you feel like, wow, I'm in a different world here. And you are, and you can enjoy it as well. So this was, uh, I purchased this in Berkeley. So, and I paid $40 plus um, 28% tax. So it came out to like so that is and uh it is in it it's well done the fact that it's organic makes me believe that uh this jar is going to be recyclable pretty much all the way it does have to have all the warnings um all the we have real serious legalities on what has to be written on each one of these things that goes out so it is a bureaucracy at some point <laughs> And they do have to say what the percentage is of what THC and the soup. So these are things that we didn't really have access to when we were just going to our neighborhood pop dude or gal. And uh, so it is a lot of information, which can be overwhelming. But as somebody who thinks information is good. Yep. So it so it must have been like fifty six or something like that. Yeah, it's around fifty. But by the time you get three varieties, because all of a sudden your mind's going in three different places, it's um, interesting how much your your bill is when you walk out. And let me remind us all: this is a cash only business because until it is federally legal. The banking system is having a tough time understanding that they need to take, they need to allow dispensaries to bank legally. So, so I know another another topic. That's another, another topic. Day. That's another topic. But in the meantime, it is cash only. So make sure you hit your ATM or whatever on your way there because they won't take a debit card or a credit card. They they will, might have those services there, but oh. um, you know you, you don't know that until you get there. And so I just be prepared. Yeah, have cash. It's it's, it's <laughs> don't add to another layer to anxiety. Well, and truly, if you only take so much, then you can know that you're only going to be able to buy so much. And it is like a kid in a candy store if you're a, if you're a long time pot smoker. <laughs> Yep, and we are going to touch upon all the different other forms of marijuana uh, that that we like. Um, you know, um, I'm not going to try anything I don't like, but I just want to tell you that I'm super grateful and that we're, we're looking forward to bringing you lots of information about marijuana. And one podcast at a time. Thanks so much. You guys have a great day.
Hey, motherfuckers, get ready for a long closing that us podcasters are obligated to do. I try to make this funny, so bear it all with me. If you're currently listening to this after an episode, then you already know how to find us. But if someone played this for you and you need directions, then you can listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Or simply Google us. Please don't forget to rate and comment. Seriously, we're not just saying that because we want to. We need your acceptance. Also, we do it live! Fuck it! Sorry. What I mean to say is we show off our shenanigans every Friday on GetVocal.com slash PodAskew. That is vocal, spelled V-O-K-L. This is a way for our fans and friends and family to interact with us and occasionally offer to pay for therapy. Catch these interventions at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Do the math if you're not in either of those time zones. Also, if you happen to like us individually, I do a live reading of books called Rico's Reads. This means I take a look and read a book. Currently, I'm waiting for LeVar Burton to sue my literate ass. But I add funny voices and say fuck a lot. So it's not true plagiarism. So let me tuck your ass in on Thursdays on GetVocal.com at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And for you West Coast dudes, that means 4 p.m. If you want to agree with or yell at us, especially CJ, follow him and me and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew. I am at Rance Rico. And CJ is at M underscore Blade. Clearly, he put more thought into his username than I. We want to thank Logo Mike for our logo. That's why we call him Logo Mike. The dude is our very own Michelangelo. If you want or need some good art, hit him up at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. We got to give a big sloppy thank you to Samuel Lemons for all the original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash Lemons. When life gives you Sam Lemons, you better pucker up. And fucking finally, and most important, we have to thank all of you. Well, we don't have to. We want to. It really does mean a lot to CJ and I. You guys have prioritized your time listening to us. We really, really appreciate it. Hang tight for the post-credit. Damn it. I need a smoke. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. 